so I was I was listening to this podcast today that that I really like, and they were talking about um, ninety two movies. It was about Alien Three, so they okay. were kind of going through the other movies that came out uh, in that same weekend or were, were you know popular at the box office at at the same time. And the list was just so diverse and crazy, and it was like. Um, you know, the number one movie was Lethal Weapon 3. The number two movie was Alien 3. Also in the top five was still like um, Wayne's World hanging around from February. And wow. Beethoven was in there. Uh, <laughs> and the the big takeaway was just, man, there's so much diversity at, at the box office. And you could literally just go there and, uh, you know, just rifle through all these movies. Or, you know, on a VHS night, just write yeah. all this shit from Blockbuster and just take it out and throw the next thing in. And I was just thinking, man, we just don't have that now. You know, you're lucky if you can find one movie every month that you care to see. That's kind of crazy to me that it got me thinking about this podcast and how it's 1983 is just stacked and, and 1984 I'm sure is two and five and, and just everything for the next yeah. 40 years practically. And that's why we have to do two movies at least per episode just to, right just to keep up with all the all the good ones the ones we want to talk about and then also just ones that we maybe haven't seen or are, are like blind spots to try to catch up with and right um it's just insane how much good shit there used to be and we saw all those in the theater there. back then too yeah especially 92 through yeah. 2000 whatever um uh, but i mean yeah it made it, it brought me right back to that summer because i was 14 and, and yeah and just that's what i did i would just devour all that shit if i couldn't see it in the theater that's what i do then blockbuster or wherever whatever mom and pop shop on like a friday or saturday night just grabbing stacks yep. of videos and just trying to keep up with all the great movies and um man it's such a such a different time than than what we got going right it was fun Okay, I guess that's a pretty good segue into <laughs> the fact that this is a podcast called the Big Four O. Uh, we're looking at movies from 1983, not not 1992, but but still, <laughs> like I said, the same uh, same type of shit. Where just the the amount of of options out there were just crazy. We look uh, at a movie that came out this week, 40 years ago. Uh, this week it is October 21st of 1983, and the two big movies are The Dead Zone and All the Right Moves. I am I'm your host Ron, by the way, and <laughs> I'm Peter. With me as always is yeah, <laughs> that guy Peter. <laughs> um, what else about this podcast? Uh, we're, we're the the thing that really sets us apart is is that we don't use music. We're we're against music. <laughs> uh, I think we decided last week that was just going to be their our thing. Our thing, yep. No music. Don't don't add us. Don't write in the comments that you wish we yeah. had a fun theme song or anything. Yeah. We're just going to own it. And, uh, uh, also, you know, yeah, we're, we're, we're two friends who, who like movies. So that's a hugely different thing for two guys who are doing a podcast. Separates us. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, really, really, it's just the, the 40 years thing. I think, I think that's our, our big claim to yeah. originality. <laughs> but anyway, uh, Peter, you said that you were really excited to talk about these two movies. So I guess dealer's choice, man. I don't know which one you want to start with first, but as usual, I'll uh, have you just let me know if you've uh, seen either one of them before. Uh, love them, hate them, don't don't know first time. Okay, whatever. Uh, I um, you take it. So I have seen all the right moves uh, probably twice before, both in high school. Um, 
for those who don't. Yeah, and I know you're a football yeah. guy too, so and I was going to ask you. Yeah, how that's, that's going to be a big crux of <laughs> right. at least my conversation to you is yeah. how your uh, football right. experience in high school either yeah is similar or I'm guessing mostly differs, but uh, we'll see. I guess sure. Yeah, uh, maybe maybe in your maybe in your heart it was very much the same. I don't know. There's uh yeah I'll, a lot I'll, less drama in, right. in Shorewood in, in the nineties. Yeah. I was not, not as a steel mill town. I was not as highly we recruited. Had right. Yeah. <laughs> not as highly recruited. Um did not uh grow up very poor in a steel town. Yeah. Didn't really have the urge to get out of the town. <laughs> um but as for the other football experiences, I'll get to that later. As for Dead Zone, I had never seen it, knew knew very little about it. The uh the the graphic of the of the title looked very familiar, so I'm guessing I saw the box in passing over the years. Oh, yeah. Um but no I Well there's I'd, also I'd... the novel and the T V show and uh that that title graphic, like you said, or or font yeah. never changed yeah. for for all those things so it's a solid one i can see why they didn't bother changing it so. right yeah i like it a lot yeah, i like sure, the, sure. the font <laughs> so i have more i have more notes on all the right moves but more thoughts on dead zone so uh why don't we why don't we just start with all the right moves and uh sure. and we'll go from I'm there sure it's uh, uh it's the, more, the more passionate uh <laughs> discourse <laughs> Also, sure. uh, you know, alphabetically, A comes before D. So exactly, sure, let's just you know, we're, we're scholars and uh, gentlemen. Yeah. Yeah. Had uh, had you ever seen it before? I don't think so. Um, sports aren't really my thing. Sports movies aren't exactly my thing. A lot. Of, I like a lot of sports comedies, but that's kind of about it. The dramas I find pretty much all kind of the same and uh, fairly hokey. Uh, there's some exceptions in there. Uh, I, I kind of jotted it down as, as we go through it. I'll, I'll probably get into my thoughts on all that, but, uh, no, I had not seen this one, heard of it, heard it was good at, at least. Um, yeah, but I'm also not the world's biggest Tom Cruise fan. So by the time I would have gone back and watched this, I, it, it wasn't something I, I cared too much about. And, and it wasn't one that anybody ever seems to be saying, you know, over the moon, awesome gotta see it type thing so it just it's one i never bothered with yeah i did not i did not write down the director but i did uh, i did uh catch which i'm sure you did too that jan debont is the uh cinematographer for this for this movie and uh, it it definitely shows in especially the the football scenes which there aren't for it being a football movie there's really only one game that they show uh, as opposed to it being a, you know, a few different games or a bunch of different games throughout a season. There's really only right. one football scene besides practice. Uh, there's some, there's some cool practice scenes in there. Um, but man, I, I wrote down that if, if Jan DeBont had ever directed a football movie, I mean, I mean, he makes, he makes, he made it look really good, I guess is what I trying to get at. He, uh, he captured the, the style of it really well. And the, and props to the director too. They were, they were very realistic football scenes. And I could tell that they probably filmed, especially from far away, it was probably an actual game that they just filmed and, and uh, then were able to splice in, you know, maybe you got a guy who's number 33, who's around the same height as Tom Cruise that was actually playing out there, but it sort of looked like, 
yeah, it looked it looked very real, uh, whether it was an actual game or not. But I, I really liked the way those that scene was filmed. Um, yeah, that's an interesting point that you say that maybe they just I, I didn't think of that. I, I just assumed it was uh, like any other movie. They you know got all the, the actors there and shot it, but that makes perfect sense. And yeah, I, I wrote an entire paragraph here about uh, how I thought the, the game scenes are all well shot, uh, at least for their time. You know, it's not as stylish as something like varsity blues or something, you know, where they're piping right. in ACDC and you got, you know, swirling cameras and <laughs> all that kind of stuff. But for its time or not, I thought they did a good job of, you know, really getting in there and, and making you feel the intensity, the action. Michael Chapman is the director. Uh, he was a cinematographer in a bunch of Scorsese films among other stuff. Uh, so turned director. So much like Jan de Bont, um, he, he cut his teeth in cinematography and, and that combo Usually makes for a good director. Jan de Bont's a good example, and, and there's countless others. If nothing else, uh, they're, he's good at the coverage and, and filming the action and all that. Uh, he died in 2020, unfortunately, um, and he never oh, wow. really directed too much else of, of note. He really only directed like four other movies and then went back to, to more uh, of the cinematography stuff. And uh, But but I, I think this movie looks really good thanks to his his talents. So even if you throw all the drama stuff out which we haven't really gotten into the story of this yet but uh if nothing else i think it's got got some good good football scenes so yeah i'll just kind of go through the the general plot of the movie uh tom cruise his name is stefan or steph as they call him and he's a uh, pretty highly recruited football player in a small town in pittsburgh that i am pipe i believe right or is that just the name of the high yeah. school i Okay. Uh, yeah, good point. I'm really not sure if that's a town or not, but right. His dream is to go play college football, and also he just a wants to get out of town and not and b not work in the steel mill that his brother and his father have worked in forever, and it's just kind of a dreary town to begin with. And he he wants to be an engineer. He has he has aspirations beyond football. He, he right. football is his life, but he also knows that that's he knows there isn't a NFL career ahead of him. He just wants to go to college, right. play and that's, football. That's and... early on in the movie, which is a very different and, and sort of, I don't know what the word is, astute. And yeah, I don't know. It's just, it's a thing you don't see too much in these movies. Usually it's football is my life. And, and maybe somebody kind of resists right. that sort of like uh, uh, Vanderbeek and Varsity Blues. But uh, it, it's not usually because they understand that football is not going to be a viable career and they do want to do something else. And that's just their, their ticket out and their way to go do something academic, which I, I really sort of appreciated. I, about yeah. I liked that too. Why? It's uh right. There's so many sports movies that, like you said, just go down this track where they're, they have a one track mind and it's, it's all sports and it's all reaching the highest level of, you know, going to USC or going to the biggest sure. football school. And then, yeah. But, and it's all uh, cliche yeah, after the, cliche because even the even the people who resist it, the dads like forcing them to do it or pushing them or the and, mm-hmm. and this movie has a lot of that. It's not. It's certainly not uh, without sin in that. <laughs> in the yes, cliche department. yes, definitely uh, right. But it's it, it is a little refreshing too. It, it puts a it puts a bit of a spin on that, and you know you've got how this uh, backstory of how the dad, the uncle, and however many generations worked at the steel mill and. You know, Steph just wants to be the first one to to become an engineer and get out. And and it's not as if nobody wants to, nobody else wants to get out of the town. It's not like they they love working at the steel mill. There is that sort of 
general blue collar pride of what you think you're better than us or or it's not so bad yeah. to just be a steel mill guy that's what my dad did and my grandpa did and my uncle did and right and all this other stuff but he understands that he has to use football as his as his gateway just into something else and and he's he's only picking his school based on the engineering program or the academics and not the not the football and again i thought that was a an interesting wrinkle in what's yeah. otherwise kind of a typical conflict for for a guy in, in a movie like this but right and he uh he has a girlfriend played by leah thompson um i can't remember did you get her name in the movie i know we don't uh, i did i uh, i want to say like Tiffany, or I, I wrote it down here. Tracy, uh, I'll find it. It's that's fine. Um, yeah, so he's. I liked her in this movie. I thought when we saw her earlier this year in Jaws 3D, and her role in that was a bit more muted and limited. And that movie in general was muted and limited. But yeah. <laughs> um, I what what did you think of Leah yeah. in this movie? Um, I thought she was really good. I, I generally like Leah Thompson, although I, I can also kind of take her or leave her. But she's a she's a fine screen presence. It's it's not like I would love every single movie yeah. she's made or would rush out to see a movie based on Leah Thompson or anything. But I thought she was very good in this. I thought she was uh, authentic and holds her own with Cruz and and everybody else in the movie. Her part is a little bit thankless, although I think she's redeemed a bit by the end, which I suppose we'll we'll get to as we we go through this. That I like that scene between them yeah towards the end and uh and yeah it was an interesting to see her play a bit bit more of a dramatic character you know as her career went on she just got kind of more into silly comedies and stuff yes she did <laughs> uh, but i thought she was i thought she was solid and, and good in this and, and yeah it's a nice trajectory between bad boys and then this and uh it's a, it's i think we mentioned it in our bad boys episode it's unfortunate she didn't you know sort of do more things yeah. in this vein and kind of got typecast into the wholesome girl next door girlfriend role or, or the bubbly uh, you know even if she's the protagonist in a movie uh, that's that's kind of all she right to do after this but but yeah i like his uh coach steph's coach is played by craig t nelson uh in a bit of foreshadowing which i'm sure yeah. <laughs> we were gonna get to at some point but uh, <laughs> Craig T. Nelson is a football coach, which is probably what he maybe became most known for was his role on the TV show coach. But in uh, in this movie, he's a kind of a different sure. different coach in terms of personality. This movie has a solid cast of good actors and familiar faces. I mean, you mentioned Leah Thompson, Craig T. Nelson. There's also Chris Penn. Uh, Leon. Leon, if you remember I Leon. Do. <laughs> uh, <he's> a <laughs> cliffhanger. And um, what was he in? Maybe Mo, Mo Better Blues. And he was in a lot of 90s genre movies uh terry o'quinn a terrific actor uh, most well known these days for lost but he's been in a ton of stuff um the stepfather movies young guns tombstone recently he was on the tv show castle rock and, and he's done a lot of tv uh since lost um, just one of those actors that can elevate a scene or an entire movie with just his his screen presence and i think we'll see a lot of him as this podcast progresses through the 80s because he's just one of those guys who really showed up <laughs> in a lot of stuff and finally got his big kind of recognizable break with loss but it took another 30 years or whatever it was to, to for that right but <laughs> but yeah great cast all around everybody in the movie is good even people like having to deal with some of the more cliched elements and everything uh i thought i thought on an acting level the movie is is pretty good yeah i 
the practice scenes uh i'll just i'll just say this right now the the practice scenes and, and and even the game itself but the practice scenes especially that's what resonated with me in high school when i saw it and that's still what what gets to me now is that it's it's such a thankless thing to go out there for two hours and beat your ass you know three to yeah. four days a week when you still have a game to play and uh sure. just how and school yeah, and how, everything else on top and of school it. yeah 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 good point yeah well I, I mean, I was going to say, you know, you played high school football and then you're a big football mm-hmm. fan and I'm, I'm neither. So that's why I'm kind of letting you run with this. But um, like I said, I, I, I don't know how well the movie works in terms of both accurately representing some of this stuff, be it locker room scenes, the college scouting stuff, the coaches yelling and grabbing and making people run extra laps and their speeches and, and all that. I mean, like like I said, we've seen this stuff in. In so many of these movies, and I'm sure some are, are more authentic than others, and I'm sure these cliches are cliches for a reason because there's there's coaches and teams and high schools and all that stuff that, that do this stuff. But I feel like I've seen a lot of this before in movies, and, and I'm, I'm never sure what makes one more authentic or impactful. Uh, I don't know if there's a consensus on the best high school football movies of all time or you know what what's right. the most true to life <laughs> everybody talks about like friday night lights as something of a, of a standard in terms of realistic drama and i and we talked about it already but i remember thinking varsity blues was stylish and fun but you know probably fairly far-fetched and then you got your underdog stuff like rudy and lucas um but but in terms of like the high school experience and recruitment and the academic balance and all that uh, or even just in terms of what we consider a rousing and uh, cool football movie, I have I have no idea where where all the right moves falls in <laughs> with any of that. So so what what right. say you, high school football guy? I guess <laughs> I I still think this this is probably the one that that has always resonated most to me. It's not like this movie has like a special place in my heart, but in terms of the football itself, uh, it was the most similar to my experience. Uh, as you know, as opposed to I wasn't on a team like Varsity Blues or or um, Friday Night Lights, where these are like the best team. I didn't grow up in Texas, where you know high school football was a religion. Sure. I grew up in a yeah. in a town that was more focused on on liberal arts, and we had about fifteen to twenty kids playing on our team, and we sucked and we lost every week. <laughs> um, yeah, so and nobody really so cared that much. And, there is that yeah, aspect, but that's, but even the uh, just to, like I said, the way the practices were unfolding and the the griminess of it was captured really well. I I had a coach that was physically abusive towards players, towards myself. He was really? uh, he would yeah yeah he would he would grab you by he, he grabbed me by the face mask once and threw me on the ground because I made a mistake on a running wow. a play and. Yeah. Now, what was, do you uh... what do you think about stuff like that? Is that just a coach being like this kind of coach, thinking he's inspiring and whatever? Or do you think that guy's a right. just a fucking asshole getting off on that, or or do you think he's seen one too many movies? Or like, I have no idea about any of that stuff. And it, it seems shocking, like you said, yeah. Shorewood. We grew up in Shorewood. Shorewood, Wisconsin, is a. Uh, there's nothing wrong with it, but it, you know, it's it's like you said, no. it's not the kind of town where everything revolves around Friday night and the high school football team, and the football team is legendary for a, a losing streak of what what was it like 30 yeah. years or something like that? it was uh it was, it was an eight it was an eight year streak but it was the okay it was the longest in the country at the time so okay it was still right. uh it was still notorious yeah so 
in in that sense, um, yeah, it just doesn't seem like something that the coach would be all that amped up about. So either that guy is got a screw loose and, and gets off on that right. shit, or he thinks he's got to be the coach he's seen in a million movies, or we grew up in a time where this was more acceptable, somehow inspiring, or I don't know. I don't know. Right. What do you think? Do you think that, like, where do you think that guy fell down on? <laughs> in, I, you you mean in terms of my coach that was, yeah, yeah I, I yeah. think that he, yeah, I think that he probably was taught that way in his high school. I know he played college too, but it was probably pretty similar. And I think he probably thought that was the best way to motivate kids. And, but because, he would do things like, you know, he would also call you in his office and, and, and sit down with you one-on-one. So like he had this balance of being a dick okay. to you, but then he was also, you could tell that he cared about you, you know, like, uh, he was, so he was, also he was my a good coach teacher. or a, or a bad coach. I thought he, yeah, I thought he was a good coach that just was probably, he was on the cusp of, you know, the, by the mid nineties, this kind of behavior was slowly becoming less and less acceptable whereas in like the right. 80s and 70s and before that it was it was commonplace but by the 90s i mean he 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 ended up getting suspended for uh for grabbing one of our players around the neck for talking back yeah. to him after a game like he and you know and then he got fired after that year so it was by then it was <laughs> especially in shorewood like you're not going to you're not going to get away with that that kind of behavior. I, I didn't, I didn't always care for it, but I also knew that he cared for us and that he liked us. So it was, it was kind of a weird little balance that we'd have to find to accept it. But, you know, I ended up having one more coach my senior year that I, that I didn't like, and he was more laid back, but he was also just, his style was different. And I think he just liked certain players more than others. And I couldn't get that bond with him like I did with my other coach. So, it's such a um, tricky balance, you know, where mm-hmm. uh, you you want a guy who's not a complete fucking asshole and you don't want to feel like he's getting off on that shit. But then you also want somebody who inspires you. And, um, yeah, you know, and, and, and I do kind of remember I, I, I don't remember all the details and I only heard in passing because I wasn't on the team or anything. Uh, I had him as a gym teacher, but I, you know, he seemed perfectly fine. But I, I remember the the guys who had him as a coach kind of right going off about things he would say and do or, or making jokes about it at the very least. And some of them, you know, probably were actually bothered by it. And other people were just kind of laughing at it off. Like what a fucking idiot for saying and doing some <laughs> of this stuff. And what, you know, who does he think he is? Like one of these guys, like we see in these movies right. and everything. So um, I, I get all that, but uh, yeah, I didn't, I didn't ever, to, ever have to deal with it personally and uh yeah so it's just it's interesting to me how it's almost like the military in the way right you there's guys mm-hmm. who feel this need to sort of break you down and in, in order to rebuild you and make you understand why something matters or uh put you in your place and, and make you understand who you really are and that's somehow supposed to be inspiring you to to greatness right. or something uh, but then there's guys who just get off on being assholes but if you say he also would kind of pull you aside and and whatnot and actually seem to care about stuff then i guess maybe he is the guy that he thinks he is from <laughs> right. I, don't, I, I don't know right <laughs> did the uh 
going into some of the scenes, them some of the other scenes themselves, um, what did you think of the? I had the uh, the locker room dance scene as one of the things. I thought of yeah. I thought of you right away. Like, oh, this is like it's kind of cringy, but it, I was trying to just remember that it was 1983. But like, <laughs> it was so goofy. Yeah. Um. I. Well. I mean. Right. We've seen again that stuff in in movies before. The locker room shenanigans if you will yeah uh so i i didn't think one thing or another about it although that heavier set uh hairy guy who had like a full-on afro coming yeah out of his jock in his strap jock strap or whatever and i didn't really feel like i needed to see too much <laughs> right. more of that guy um but yeah i don't know once again i'll defer to you dancing around in the locker room and all that bullshit are you were guys really like that or was it pretty much just uh like we got to go play this game and we're not all fucking like a slumber party yeah. here that's gonna <laughs> dance around <laughs> and, and hang out afterwards and and all that stuff you know? right unfortunately was, there was, was a couple was the team like brothers or was it more just like <laughs> we're just on this team and now we'll go back to our normal lives you know <laughs> yeah like that's a great question because like when you're you know at the at the end of the day you're you're kind of like brothers right because you're spending every day for from the first week of august till the end of October together, pretty much six days a week. Um, sure. And yeah, there was a couple kids who would dance around in their freaking jock strap, and it was super weird to me. But yeah. Uh, yeah, like there was a little, like there were some people that just were there uh, to play and they weren't really there to joke around or have fun. And they, and sometimes they didn't even, they weren't even major parts of the team. They were just literally there. But there was, you know, there was a group of us that were all pretty close some more close than others obviously it's it's just a it's like a fraternity or whatever you want to call it it's uh well maybe maybe that's part of the dynamic too much like the coaches there's probably a lot of players too who want that experience or or want to be what they saw in in movies and 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 i'm not saying it's fake i get wanting to make the most of this experience because it's the only one you're going to have. You're only going to play high school football right. once. And you may never, <laughs> never play football after that. You might not play in college or, or pro yeah. or whatever. Probably, probably not for most people in both. And uh, so I get all that. But at the same time, I, I always wonder if the people in these movies are, if that's really what it's like, or if that's sort of a exaggerated Hollywood version of what a lot sure. of women and the team and their dynamic is like now also like we mentioned Shoreward's much different than I'm sure Pittsburgh or Texas or, or a place in a town where football is life. Right. So right. <laughs> that's, that's another part of it. And then you got your guys who like Cruz and some of the other guys in this movie are, are really banking on this, getting them into schools. And that's a different thing too. So um, I guess neither one of us probably really knows too much what that's all about, but <clears throat> right. <laughs> yeah. I, I did not, I, I got one, no, I got two letters from colleges, but I had no interest in going to college after high school. So it was not really a, it was really? not really a thing. Even though you I, got, yeah. even though you got letters and you didn't want to play football or anything like that. I, I did, I did, but I just, uh, I had no, I had no desire Academic to extend. Interest. Correct. I like yeah. once, once high school, I knew that once high school was done, I, the odds of me wanting to step into a classroom again, were or slim. I just, yeah. uh, I'm not good in learning settings. I, I, yeah, I could have, I, and, and if I had a different mindset, I could have been like, look, I got this letter. I could go play here. Um, yeah, but it, it just, uh, there was kind of a realistic sense to me. Like my drive wasn't always there. I loved playing football. 
uh, I loved, I loved every part about it, but I also knew realistically, like I wasn't going to be playing for like Wisconsin or (laughs) a a major school, but that, that, that shouldn't matter. It should be, it really should be about, you know, getting to play at another level is, is cool enough as it is. So, but yeah. And then maybe getting school paid for and all that, but yeah, if you don't have the, uh, whatever you want to call it to, to get through another four years or whatever. I totally get that yeah. too. I mean, I, I took a year off and then I went part-time and uh, like, and, like and, most people are our age and our generation. Probably, right. so. And not only that, but for a four year degree, <laughs> right. <laughs> not only that, but when, when football ended, the expectation was uh, like, let's say you're a junior or a sophomore and you still had a, another year or two. The expectation was, you needed to be lifting weights every day after school uh, yeah. to stay conditioned for football. And I'm like, dude, I just spent three, you know, three months doing this dang near every day. Like, I just want to go home after school and, and play video games and like decompress yeah. as opposed to like doing more stuff after school. That's why I didn't want to do any sports in the winter time. I just, I really liked coming home after school. Sure. Having a well, I mean, that's the and, other yeah yeah well that's the other side of the coin right so you got the people who live for it and want to whatever and then there's other people who well i like to play but i i don't want to it's i don't want to spend the the other nine months or whatever just (laughs) grinding until yeah the the next season rolls around and and right be the best they can be and all that stuff but still i didn't know you got letters that's that's impressive at least yeah one from a, uh, a school in South Dakota, which I, which I thought was kind of interesting. But I was like, how the hell did they know about me? This was before, you know, the internet was in its infancy. I have no idea how they even knew about me. But sure, well, that's still cool. I mean, yeah, it was like still you cool. Said, if you yeah, just like to if you like to play, at least it was just an option to go mm-hmm. do that. Whether it was for right, like you said, Wisconsin or for just whatever. I mean, yeah. But, so. Uh, yeah, so I don't know. Back to your original question, I, I I thought the locker room scenes were fine, but I, I honestly don't know in this movie or any other. Like, uh, I had no idea what Nelson was talking about in the scene uh, with the assistant coach when he was laying out their strategy, like <laughs> sixty-two sec, and then he's like, "Yeah, submarine every play," and it's like nobody's ever tried it. It's like, oh, it's if it works, we're geniuses. If not, we got nothing to lose. It's like, what the fuck are you guys talking about? Now I get, I, I do understand the the basic, uh, like. I ideology of playing football, which is that, you know, you got to plan plays and try to, you know, yeah. get around the other team and all that stuff. But uh, yeah. I don't, I don't understand shit like 62 sack and right. it was a lot of inside jargon. <laughs> hundred huffle lump. And I mean, is, is that a real thing or is that stuff that they make up? So, like 62 uh, sack is, is a thing or did yeah, the coaches they, uh, their own? terms nope that was a that was an actual it's so it's i won't go to i mean i might as well it's the podcast what the hell it's uh it's it's basically when you're at the goal line like let's say the other the offense is right right at the end zone about to score like they're at the one yard line and they're gonna run a play you kind of stack everybody (laughs) yeah you stack everybody at the line uh to try and you know to try and stop them you know, from sure. getting that one yard. So you're just stacking. Sure. So they all kind of submarine, like you said, submarine cut the, cut the lineman's legs out. Yep. Yeah, okay. Yep. And yeah, I figured uh, that so much. they're <laughs> right. So their plan was to run this the entire, their plan was to run this the entire game. 
on the whole field as opposed to running it just in the in the goal line situation. Okay, all right, fair enough. But in in movies like this, when people say that, and they're always like, "Okay, we're going to do this thing," it's like. Don't, don't, doesn't the other team realize after a play or two that's what they're doing and then just reconfigure right. and, and stop that shit? Especially yeah. <laughs> when the coach is like, well, they got the greatest defense. We can't beat them, so we just got to try this thing. It's like, as soon as they know what you're doing, isn't that great defense just going to fucking read? Right figure this shit like yeah you got coaches up in the you got coaches up in the in the announcing booth or the press booth or whatever you want to call it they're they're looking at this thing from above so they're they're seeing it and they're relaying information down to the to the head coach like hey they're stacking they're stacking everybody but i can i can see when like a movie uses it as as a the end thing you know where the game's on the line they're like all right here's what we're gonna do we're gonna fucking try this Uh thing that you know and like okay sure do that one time but you can't just like play an entire game uh, with the same strategy and hope that they just don't notice (laughs) although maybe that's not what he's even talking about i don't know i couldn't make it i I was just like oh okay this is the this is that part where they're gonna (laughs) come up with all that shit yeah, I remember being real excited about that in in high school, thinking, "Oh man, that's really cool. That's unique. Like that yeah. should be a defense people run against run teams." So, yeah, but you can only it do it like a, once, though, right? Yeah, yeah, because they're then then they're just gonna yeah. throw to a receiver who's yeah, no then they're covering. on to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. See, even I know that much. Yep. See, or, or I I assume common sense. It wins out at some point, even in sports. I mean, yeah, it's just like, see, you get it, man. Figure this shit out. But uh, yeah, so you, you mentioned Nelson, right. uh, the coach, coach Nickerson. Uh, he, he also wants to get out and, and get into the pros or or whatever. And I, I thought that was a also an interesting wrinkle. Like Usually it's the kid who wants to get out or become bigger, better, more famous or, or just not do it or whatever the case is. But uh, in, in this one, you also got the coach hoping for hoping, hoping hoping for bigger and better things. And um, that's, that was sort of interesting too. Cause now you have these two people that you're kind of sort of supposed to be rooting for or invested in what's going to happen when they lose a game or uh, X, Y, Z happens, whatever yeah. conflict arises. And um, that that's another good, uh, you know, patch on this film that it, it also makes you care about other people, not just the main character. Not just the we haven't really right? talked about, cruise yet uh i'll well we can hold off on that but um just i'm not purposely <laughs> dodging <through. laughs> right the uh kind of just uh advancing the the plot a little bit they one of the main scenes is they so they have this game where they plan their 62 stack and they it's against the mm-hmm. kind of a richer school with, with a ton of fans and it's you know, big locker room and the game does not go as planned and a um, couple people make some some mistakes here and there and Craig T. Nelson or Coach Nickerson is is yelling at the at the team after the game and yelling specifically at a one guy who kind of feels responsible for blowing it and and Steph sticks up for him and and Craig T. Nelson lets his ego get the best of him and and kicks him off the team and and this is at yeah. the height of Steph's popularity this is at the height of his being recruited and all of a sudden he's he's kicked off the team. And not let back either, which was which was kind of another kind of unique thing about this movie. Like he even watching it for the first time in twenty seven years or whatever, I was like, 
do they let him back on the team? I can't even remember. <laughs> like, because you would think <laughs> yeah. that you, is there like one more game that they suit him up for or something? Like, I couldn't even remember. So I thought it was kind of different. Like, you know, the, yes, he got kicked out of the team and, and they, life went on without him on that team, which was, which was kind of yeah. different for a movie. Yeah. I mean, before that game, Nelson pretty much puts the entire future of the town on the team's shoulder, you know, in his, his pre-game rah-rah speech. Yeah. And, and again, I, I don't know if this is a thing that you, you heard a ton, but, you know, the, the whole town's counting on a win. You, you know, give them something to believe in. You guys are getting out of here. You know, like that's that's a lot, you know. that Yeah. That it, <laughs> I, that's not even – that's just the surface level of that speech. I mean, it's not a long speech or anything, but, I mean, he's talking about how they're, they're all viewed as various – racial epithets and and he's like yeah you you're you're the inspiration that people need to see to know that uh you know there's you can get out of this town and stuff and it's just like not only do these guys want to get out of this town but now they're on the the line for the entire their generation and and younger (laughs) generations watching them to to get out and yeah and and then they they lose that that game by a touchdown um, yep. and there, there's a character, Salvucci, that I think that's what you're referring to. He's, he's crying. Oh yeah. Salvucci. Yep. Yeah. Nelson says, uh, he quit. Uh, Cruz stands up to him, says, says we beat their asses up and down the field and we have nothing to be ashamed of. Uh, even if the scoreboard doesn't say it, we won the game. Uh, and this was a fluke and Nelson's like a fluke. It was a penalty. It was no fluke. And if you'd have just done it the way I taught you. And then Cruz goes, oh, well, we didn't quit. You quit. And then Nelson's like, get your stuff and get the fuck out of here. You're off the team. But I, yeah. we, we jumped ahead of this, but there was a scene, and, and I, I wrote this down, where Nelson says something to Cruz like, you do that in a game, it's a penalty. And Cruz says something like, I, I had the coverage, I made the play. And Nelson says, you do it my way or it's the highway. And you just know that very play is going to come up somewhere down the line <laughs> in some game or at some yeah. important moment. And that's exactly what happens and, and the, yeah. that leads to the, the scene I just talked about. And then he gets kicked off the team. And yeah, like you said, uh, they, they, they pretty much roll with that for the movie, even though it has kind of a, I, I like the ending, it, but it, it's still a little pat and probably not anything that's likely to happen. Uh, but at right. least it wasn't a thing where they, they were playing like the, the one game and they're like, get me fucking uh, Steph. And they like suit him up and he comes, you know, yeah, like, he's in the stand or something. He's at, yeah, a bar. Right. He's at the bar getting drunk. <laughs> yeah. Or, or just like waiting in the, in the fucking locker room or something. And they like bring him in. So yeah, right. that, that was refreshing. I kind of thought that's where that was going to go. Um, it's still a little, I, I, like I said, I like the ending. I, I, I smiled and, and we'll get to it, but it's, yeah. it's still, it's still just another way to sort of, still give everybody their their cake and eat it too type thing just avoiding a cliched scene where Cruz actually does come out and, and save the day in a game or something but right <laughs> but yeah I, I knew that was gonna as soon as Nelson said that to him he's like you do that in a game you know you're gonna fuck us all <laughs> whatever it was I think he said it, it's gonna be a penalty or something and, and you better do yep. what I say and I was like hey, he's gonna fucking blow that at some point <laughs> <That's exactly laughs> And he he was right though that was uh that was not the way to to play that ball. <laughs> right, he's not he's not a bad coach. Yeah, yeah so. right. And that was uh that was another thing like that could separate a movie like the well you know these sports movies all vary right like sometimes the coach sure. is a insufferable dick sometimes he's yeah you have your coaches who are insufferable you have your coaches who are lovable but also hard on you so 
he was kind of that. He was kind of everything, uh, but he was never a, a full on bad guy in this movie. He, he was sure. a man with flaws and he wanted, you know, he wanted the best for himself and his family too. So you could see well, that's the, what I was like saying. Said, he, he's yeah, trying to exactly. do his thing too. He's trying to get, right. get out. He wants to win for reasons. And, and it's not just selfish. Uh, I want my career. I mean, there, there's all that, but I think he, he does care about what he was saying in that speech I mentioned about the, the town and proving there, there were something and people can get out and, and do those things. And he wants the good things for his players and um, he wants good things for the team. And uh, I don't, I don't think it's all just about him getting out, but yeah, at the end of the day, I think he's sick and tired of being stuck there just like everybody else. And he wants his, his win and, and his ticket out. So, yeah. Which yeah. Is perfectly he's okay. a, I mean, right. It a good character. This movie, this movie has good characters. And, and like you said, there's, a lot of cliches in it, of course, and and teen. It's a quote unquote teen drama, so it's going to have your 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 things that come up in every teen movie, or at least every movie of this ilk. Well, yeah, let's talk about uh, Sean Penn and uh, getting his girlfriend. Oh, I'm sorry, Tracy is Sean Penn's girlfriend's name. Oh yeah, so yeah, Chris Penn. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, uh, yeah. So yeah, let's talk about uh, Chris Penn. <laughs> Getting his girlfriend pregnant, yeah. you know. Of course, Cruz suggests an abortion. Uh, they really play up the the desperation of, of needing to leave this town again here, and and Penn you know, will will just fall into that cliched trap of getting his girl pregnant, having to stay put to raise a kid, and, and missing out on college somewhere else, and certainly football, and most likely just end up working at the steel mill like every other legacy that doesn't get out of the town. And um, you know, again, like we're saying, that's cliched to whatever degree, but it, it rings fairly true in this movie because that's, that's what this movie is about. It's about people who this kind of shit happens and that's exactly how they get stuck there and end up doing the exact same shit that their parents did, even though they had bigger plans and promised it would, would never happen to them. And that's a, right. I mean, it, it might be cliche, but it's cliche because that happens all the fucking time. I mean, that's whether it's football or uh, Pittsburgh or, or steel mill or fucking, uh, becoming a cop or whatever it is like something you don't want to do that you don't and you want something more and then you, you just get stuck doing what your dad did because you never get out of the the same the same rut per se and even people i've noticed who do different things than their parents do you never really like get that much beyond your parents right like i, I feel like everybody sure. i know follows in their fair parents footsteps to a degree there's people who do the exact same thing they did and then there's people who just sort of uh kind of even if you don't have the same job you never really end up making much more money than they made you never get to a bunch different town than so so either you know maybe stay in the exact same place or you go to a place that's very similar or or whatever it is and and whatever high hopes and plans you had it seems like and even if you do do better than them to some degree it doesn't there's not like a huge discrepancy between most kids and their parents. You know, there, right. there was a time where every parent was a factory worker, everybody was poor. And then, yeah, some of those kids went on to become, you know, doctors and, and whatever else. But now it just kind of seems like people just sort of, you know, they're, our, our parents all did what they did and we all kind of did the same thing, whether that's rich or poor or, or middle class or in between. And um, yeah, it's, it's just weird how you kind of fall into that that pattern or, or, or that same lifestyle type thing. So, right. Yeah. Um, well, let's, let's talk about, so I liked an, another thing was that Chris Penn decided to 
put, you know, football was not his, once he realized he was having a kid, like that was, he, he did what he thought was the right thing to do. And what he, and he's like having, I don't even care about football at this point. I'm having a kid. Like after he got married, you know, he, and I thought that was a cool, a cool thing. I mean, yeah, it's, it's 1983. I, there's, I don't know how many 18 year olds are getting married these days. I don't think too many, but I'm sure it still happens. But yeah, back in, especially back in the day, up. right back <laughs> in the day, if you got knocked up, the expectation was you get married. Yeah, <laughs> that was the uh, that was the thing, and he he did that, and I thought that was admirable. It's <clears throat> I don't I don't know if we ever find out what actually happened to him. Did he still go and play football? I don't think no, that don't was think ever. So I, I think the implication was he just I'm good. stayed there and right. you know made a life like so many of those people who just have a family and and kind of like I was saying he just worked. Yeah. In, whether I mean it doesn't mean he had to work in the steel mill, but it, whatever he he's gonna do, he's gonna obviously stay in that town. And who knows, maybe he'll prosper in some other way or they'll move out of there eventually. But uh, I mean, the movie obviously didn't go into all that and. Like I said, it doesn't really matter. Like that—that's those are the two things. Either he's gonna stay there and probably be miserable and regret the fact that he never got to play football, like the other guys on his team who who got scholarships and stuff, and or he was gonna be okay with it. And he seemed cool with it, you know. He said, "This is having this kid, and whatever is my my purpose now, or however he phrased it at the end." And um, you know, who's to say? I mean, there, there's people who genuinely believe that and then maybe 10 years down the road maybe it was like a fucking deadbeat dad and left him or whatever i i don't know you just you know, right. know but you could make a whole movie about a guy like that too who is you know the yeah and there exactly. are movies like that the guy who yeah failed to, to capitalize on his talent and instead got got married or had a kid or whatever it was and and then whatever drama ensues after that so but it, it's crazy that Penn was only nine years from Reservoir Dogs in here and how different he not only looks by then, but what a different and like more intense actor he becomes. You he know, became, yeah. Yeah, we saw him in um in Bad Boys also, right? Or he was in Bad Boys recently. and we saw him yeah. we saw him in Rumblefish, yeah. Rumblefish is what I'm thinking of. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. But Bad Boys too. Yeah. Uh yeah, it's just, you know, he plays this kind of I don't want to say sweetheart guy, but you know, a, a teen, a, a naive, whatever. And and then nine years later, he's, he's bigger. He's just shouting and spitting. I mean, you watch him in Reservoir Dogs. He's a million miles from the characters in, in these couple movies. So yeah, uh, good actor. Uh, yeah. Uh, again, he, we lost him uh, too soon. I don't remember what year that was, but I, uh, I, I looked it up. It was, it was 2006. Yeah, and he was only 7. 40 he, he was only he was only yeah, it might have been 07 it was somewhere around there 06 07 he was only 40 years old which is yeah. way too young um ironically oh, <laughs> yeah ironically i watched reservoir dogs on i watched it in two parts uh, last thursday and friday i watched okay. it and uh i came away with the like I mean I I've I've always liked Chris Penn but I I really like him in that movie I think he, I like the way yeah. he I just like his character I love how he calls his dad daddy in yeah. in Reservoir right. Dogs <laughs> yeah yeah and he he uh, oscillates between the like I said the 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 shrieking shouting intimidating mm-hmm. 
bad guy who'll shoot you to the the guy who's like, sorry, daddy, you know. <laughs> yeah, you know, sorry, the, daddy. Like I said, that yeah. Tar- uh... <laughs> yeah, he's a, he's a good actor, um, and obviously yeah. in in Sean Penn's shadow very much, and didn't have the same. Um, I don't want to say the same acting chops, but they're they're different. And Penn obviously also has, you know, more more of the good looks and and that kind of thing, and uh, pushed his star a little higher. But I've always liked Chris Penn, and like I yeah, said, me he's, too. He and a lot of these other guys are in in a lot of '80s movies, so we'll we'll probably be seeing more of them. But um, oh, definitely. I had the uh, I had the music written down as a as a note I, uh only in the in the term in the uh fashion of our big four we were we were blessed with some some amazing power ballads in this yeah. in this movie <laughs> yeah so uh, I, I i made note of it too um i'm trying to find it here but i, I my consensus was they're terrible terrible songs. yes um, <laughs> yes they were <laughs> As much great music as the '80s pumped out, I I just find it insane that pretty much every movie we watch, whether it's a Bond movie or, uh, you know, something. I'm trying to think what the last one was we were talking about that had some really iffy, stupid power ballads. Oh, it was that um, not power ballads, but uh, like that's more of a like heavy metal band doing a. A ballad, but uh, what was right. that movie? A private resort with Phoebe Cates, and like we were talking about the music in that one too. And every time the music came on in a in a sex scene, it was just the right <laughs> shittiest. Uh, did we say somebody famous or or surprising at least did the music for that movie? It was like we I was sitting there saying it sounds like some crappy uh, Rick Springfield song or whatever, and you're like, oh, that actually was Rick Springfield, or I don't, yeah. I don't know if it was actually Rick Springfield, but. You know that that type of thing. Um, What's the is that movie called? That. Private Resort is that what we watched? Private school. Oh, private school. There, yeah, private school. Yeah, that. Uh, oh yeah, that's right. The sex scene with Phoebe Cates and Matthew Modine. Yeah, it wasn't just that. The the songs were sprinkled throughout the movie. That might even been like the there there were some cool songs. Like I was like, oh, the title song is kind of punk or whatever. And then like every other yeah. uh, romantic moment was just this slock schlocky shit and. And then I was like, it sounds like a bad Rick Springfield song. And I think you yeah. said uh, it was him or something. But yeah. The American Girl performed by Rick Springfield. <laughs> All right. From, Nothing against Rick Springfield, but I mean. Right. God. I mean, he, but he that's what I'm saying, like Hogan the, theme song. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, these the songs in these movies we've been watching are just so bad. And I mean, there's so much, Oh, they're horrible. The 80s that, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So there's, so he, there's that scene after he gets, uh, kicked off the, the team, uh, Thompson tries to stop him as he's going to walk home or hitchhike home or whatever. And, uh, he snaps at her. So she dumps him and, you know, again, her too. She just wants to get out of this town too. Uh, she's desperate to get into a good college and leave. And, and I mean, th- this movie is one big, Bruce Springsteen song, right? But speaking of that, the fucking songs are just goddamn terrible. They they should have just ponied up for some Bruce or Seeger or something. One interesting thing about right. the end credits in this movie is when they list the songs, they put uh, in parentheses what scene. So like, yeah, uh, it'll, it'll say, say the song title is like love scene, and then another song is like bus yep. scene, party and, or party scene. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that they appeared in uh, like as if. 
uh, yeah. people are going to rush out and go buy this fucking soundtrack. Like, like oh, they thought yeah. this was going to be the next big 80s things like Flashdancer <laughs> or Footloose, even though I know right. that one came out later. But they clearly had high hopes for it. But it, it's it's such a like Springsteen, Seeger, Mellencamp, you know, fill in yeah. the blanks, knockoff shit that it's just like, what <laughs> what was anybody thinking with this? Just pony up for the real thing, you guys. Like, God, it's just. <laughs> yeah. So and bad. and did you notice it was the it was the first thing when the credits started rolling? It wasn't toward, you know usually it's the end of the credits where yeah. they talk no, about no, that's the music. What I said. This is the right, first right at the top. Yeah, first yeah first fucking thing. <laughs> yeah, I which was funny because I'm like, what? Who does this song? This is I don't even remember what song it was called. Something like Heaven on Earth or something like that. It was right. something something horrible. Terrible. But, my God, I wonder who sings this. And then there's the music credits right away. I'm like, that is weird, man. Yep. Yeah, they they clearly thought they had something there, but uh... <laughs> <laughs> lo and behold, they did not. Oh God, I mean, Cruz's brother gets laid off. Uh, he's like me and 700 other guys. And then again, where where's the fucking like Billy Joel song? He is like he he literally wrote a song called Allentown about the plight of the. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pennsylvania Steelworks, like just fucking put yeah. that song in there, not this awful shit <laughs> knockoff crap. We also uh, were treated with a with a sex scene in this movie. Well, there's there's one almost sex scene, and then we have a full on Tom Cruise, yep. um, Leah Thompson showing showing their bits and giblets. <laughs> in Bro, the don't ever in, say that again. Yeah. <laughs> Bits <and giblets>. the, <laughs> is it giblets or giblets i've never um, I've it heard giblets, pronounce it both. Yeah. i don't know i've heard people pronounce it both way i never know because i number one i don't really like that word and i also don't like it when you see the the, the giblets of a yeah like, fucking turkey or whatever so yeah i'm, I'm with you on that <laughs> Oh, I know people who um, love that shit. Like Thanksgiving, somebody's like, "Can you pass the the giblets?" I'm like, "What?" <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, yeah. No, I don't even barely yeah. eat turkey on Thanksgiving anymore. Disgusting. Uh, really? I like turkey, but I mean, it's just I don't want to eat their uh, in, intestines or whatever the fuck giblets are. It's like, <laughs> yeah, up, like, I believe that is what shit. it is. Yeah, yeah. Yep. What the fuck? Do you like the uh, Do you like the white meat or the dark meat or a little both? Well, you know, I mean, it's, the consensus is that white meat's too dry, dark meat has more flavor, blah, blah, blah. But I figure just being health conscious, white's better for you. And that's, I, I guess yeah. that's why I like turkey. Why don't you like turkey? I mean, as opposed to like chicken um, or something? Are you chicken and not turkey? Like, it's too different. No, I think, I think the, the problem was, the problem became like what you said, white too dry. But my problem with dark meat is it's kind of slimy. Yeah. Uh, it's. Yeah, so I like I'm the white. Always... I mean, you just slather it in gravy and shit. If you, like, I mean, exactly, I, don't, I, think, I think it tastes good. I also really like it on a yeah. sandwich. A turkey sandwich with like real turkey on it is. I mean, I even like yep. the, the process, like Oscar Mayer shit, or but like, um, oh yeah, you know, a, like chunky slices of turkey. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, like a white meat lettuce. white meat turkey to me yeah. on a sandwich yeah. is fantastic. There you go. Yeah. So, so stop slagging <laughs> off on the turkeys, man. I don't know. But we can yeah, agree. Yeah, exactly. I'm going. Giblets or giblets, <laughs> those are fucking gross. I know. <laughs> those, are, those are foul, yeah. And I will try not to refer to oh, foul. penises or testicles. Good job. <laughs> foul, nice, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but the, uh, but no the, more referring to Pantheon. Cruise and yeah, I will, I will not do that. <laughs> bits and pieces. Yeah. 
as Turkey and in the pantheon of our big. Uh, yeah, they they do. They finally have sex. Uh, she fucking rolls <laughs> in in long those. underwear. I don't. I don't get that. So. <laughs> right. She's like, okay, I, I'm I finally ready them. to do this, but here's what I'm here's what I'm gonna wear. <laughs> Doesn't she say something? Here's what like, I'm rocking. I'm wearing something special or I'm wearing something underneath it. Like, maybe that was a joke. Was that supposed to be the joke? Maybe that was a joke. I, I, I don't know. But it might have like, been. Wait, yeah. Wait, yeah. I, <laughs> I hope so. Because long underwear is not. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he not he also really takes off on. his crucifix and they zoom right in on her tits. So uh, I don't know. I told you Chapman was a good director. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, exactly. But, but it, <laughs> it's, it's a bold cut to go from like just taking off the... <laughs> You know the, the mm-hmm. faith of your calling or whatever to <laughs> to just some boobs, but it's right. right, I guess. <laughs> uh, and this is where we half-ass glimpse Cruz's dick, I guess, which has been referenced throughout the years in various teen movies. I, I was expecting more than that, or in a locker room scene. Or I don't even really think you see much other than like some some pubes and maybe just like the, the top of it or something. Unless who knows? Right. I don't know. Nowadays they're editing all these movies and shit like that. Maybe I saw some some disney plus edited cut of this or something where, right I, I don't know right it's fairly tame uh of a sex scene compared to what well, we've seen, i was gonna say it's... uh it's it's fairly effective losing your virginity scene i mean yeah it's not like real super titillating or anything although i think emma thompson is uh or emma thompson <laughs> <laughs> and kenneth branagh <laughs> yeah dead again <laughs> oh man anyway i've always i've always thought emma thompson is very attractive (laughs) Um, but but no like we were saying she uh typically plays this you know sort of virginal silly character and even in um bad boys uh there was a sex scene with sean penn uh, I just put it together now too that uh, she's done a movie with Chris Penn and Sean Penn now, um, yeah. but yeah, and it's it's a little awkward, a little intense. You can tell they're both scared and unprepared, but uh, they they do love each other, or at least think they do. Um, so it's it's an effective scene, but uh, yeah, I don't think it's there to to rank among the best <laughs> sex you know movie sex scenes of all time or anything like that. Right. It's just, uh... The party scene, which I found to be. Kind of kind of entertaining and and very cheesy in an 80s sense but but still uh but still kind of funny like they're having this serious conversation and then they all just decide to crash through a table because at the end of the day they're all just jocks who want to crash through a table to get there (laughs) yeah what were your uh what were your football parties like back in uh, high school (laughs) no nothing uh if there was any parties your boy peter was not in attendance i i know there was some but there was with other people that weren't football players so uh, i uh by choice or just because uh it wasn't yeah mainly by choice i was or... kind of a yeah I, I was i'm sure if i if i put myself out there i could have been right there with them but my my preference on a saturday night was to was to go see the glimmer man with me at the yeah go see the glimmer <laughs> instead of going to homecoming get some, exactly. get some kfc yeah <laughs> Yeah, go to go to a movie. Yeah, get some KFC. Watch football. Watch cops. Watch uh, Walker Texas Porn. Ranger. Yeah. You know, any, yeah, exactly. A little pornography. <laughs> well, I got a. Right. I, yeah, I have a a funny story for you. Um, 
I know, you know, there's a, there's a, there's a shower in the, in, you know, in the, in the locker room, in the football locker room. Uh, and a few kids would shower there, but most would just go home and shower. I showered once in that, in that shower once, once. <laughs> yeah. because I had scored a, because I had scored a touchdown that night and it was homecoming. And I thought, Maybe if I clean myself up, I'm going to get laid tonight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you never know. But, I suppose if, yeah. if it was ever going to happen, you want to be ready. Exactly. Yeah, yeah you that's remember how I leave the, the house uh, every day. I'm like, you never right. know what's going to happen on the way to work. Right. Like, Stay ready. <laughs> better be ready. <laughs> yeah, they have a. Uh, they would have a bonfire at homecoming. I don't know if you remember that. Sure. On the yeah. So I thought I'm going to go out there. <laughs> but yeah I, yeah, I was never. You always see these scenes where like. Spoiler That's... alert, I did not score that night. <laughs> yeah, but even so, I mean, the, the idea of you scored a touchdown uh, or the team mm-hmm. wins or whatever it is, and then there's the big party afterwards, like, you know, shit yep. happens, and that's I can I can totally see that playing out for you. So Right. Late or not late, like somebody showing interest or whatever, you know, like all of a sudden, yeah. That's the day you meet a new girlfriend or whatever. Exactly. You know? Exactly. Yeah. Um, uh, Penn, he's, he's got to marry his, his pregnant girlfriend. We talked about that, uh, bittersweet for all the reasons we covered. Nickerson gets his coaching job. Uh, Salucci is arrested for armed robbery, which that kind of came out of nowhere. Did we see that scene? Did I uh, like, yeah, that was super minutes? weird. What, yeah. what was that about? <laughs> like it? Yeah. They didn't show it. They didn't show the robbery. They, he just gets arrested in class. Uh, well, we didn't really talk about uh, Salucci too much. He, I, I mentioned he's the one who was crying, uh, you know, after the the game where Cruz kind of defends him and then gets kicked off the team. And he's probably the second or third most major character on the team next to Cruz. I, you know, it's it's kind of him, Cruz, and Penn, their show, and then right. Leon and some of these other guys. But yeah. Uh, so anyway, he's he's obviously like super heartbroken about it. I don't know if he just went out and tried to like rob a place because he was distraught or, or he thought his his life is over and he better start banking some money i don't know but then yeah he, they haul him out of class and um uh, i don't know maybe it's just that it was a time jump and they're like here's what's happening with all these people now and, and that's the the fate that sure maybe but, some stuff ended up on the cutting yeah, room floor too or something yeah this movie kind of it, it's like it's got this cleaning house feel in the last 20 minutes they're just thrusting people into their futures you know there's uh, no colleges will uh, reply to Cruz Cruz has it out with the steel mill workers who trash the coach's house and ask them to explain to the coach what really happened they're all oh you too good for us your father works there your brother works there and Cruz is like uh, worked you know because they they mm-hmm. canned him and the mill isn't shit now and I'm getting out of here um they obviously all take offense, tell him to fuck off because they, you know, they think he thinks he's too good for them. And a fight breaks out. Uh, Lisa, uh, that that's the that's uh, Leah Thompson's name. Sorry, in the movie, that yeah. we've been dancing around this whole time. Uh, she goes to the coach's wife and begs her to get the coach to ease up on Cruz. Nickerson's wife says, "You know, if it if he gets out of here, you know, you'll probably never see him again." She's like, "That's okay. I love him that much." Nickerson's wife has a similar story about the boy she loved in high school that she let get away. Meanwhile, Cruz is calling every college option he previously had and getting turned down. 
which I don't get because you'd think at very least a few of them would still want him or, or even outside of the football. He could just go to some college with his B average and, and do something. Isn't there a community college or just, just, just oh, fucking, yeah. I never understand these movies where people are like, I'm trapped in this fucking town. Like, no, you're not. You like get in your car, go apply to a college in fucking Milwaukee or, or whatever. Like maybe yeah. it's a little bit of a lateral move and maybe you got to spend a few years, uh, doing something else but you your life is not over i don't i don't understand the i I guess maybe the the your family and your dad and and the town and the the jobs and the and just everything just like seeps into your bones to the point where you feel like you can't do these things but uh the world is still your oyster at 18 whether you have a a a average or you're playing football or or whatever it is and and it's easy for me to say that now because i'm looking back as a 40 year old going like oh i could have done xyz differently but uh you know and, and I didn't. So obviously we've, we've all got this issue, but the the fact that Cruz is calling around to all these colleges who wanted him before and they don't want him. And he's acting like, well, I don't know what the fuck I'm going to do now. It's like, man, you can still go to college. I'm sure yeah. like the next town over has a college. Just yeah. go to college. There commun- yeah. There was community colleges back then. It wasn't like something was, was financial aid, not a thing. Just fucking go <laughs> sign up. Like, right. You get a get a certain grade point average and you do well at a community college and then yeah. you can go into a real college with those good grades. I mean, that was literally my trajectory and and, and you know, <laughs> granted I'm not a multimillionaire now and I'm not playing football or anything like that, but it's you can do it and I I could have gone yeah. farther and and whatever and it's just like that's your your life's not over because yeah. you didn't get into the the best school or or your football career ended uh, but but anyway, this movie, like I said, it's got to wrap up somehow. So it, it just makes everybody <laughs> sort of. And then um, the the party at the end is, is pretty good. Like you were talking about people celebrating their wins. One team member uh, celebrates by announcing he's, he's going to West Virginia. And Cruz is like, I always wanted to go there. And Penn says, I'm having a kid. That's more important than any game. That's the future I want. You know, but his face and eyes kind of betray him. And, and, you know, that's probably not true. Cruz is practically in tears. Penn's wife makes some comment about, you know, she's sick of people touching her belly. And it's just, they're just like running through all this stuff, advancing the the timeline and, and kind of trying to get to the end, which um, I don't know if you want to jump right into now, but yeah, let's, I, let's talk about the ending and then we'll, we'll touch on Mr. Tommy Cruz. Uh, <laughs> the, I, I wanted to ask you, uh, so a movie like this, uh, a movie that is marketed obviously towards a younger audience uh Mm -hmm. you you want to have the you want to have the satisfying ending and i i thought the ending i thought it hit the mark uh uh, as as realistic or unrealistic as you want (laughs) to make that what happens uh uh, you know it's it's there's nothing wrong with uh a movie there's nothing wrong with a movie ending the way you you wanted to because when you go see a movie like this you want you want that ending now my my thought was was there something different they could have did you could have had it end with him just being that guy that was stuck in the town but like dude it's still only 18 there's really no sense in that i'm not mm-hmm. trying to defend the ending i guess i'm wondering uh, my main point or question is what did what, what were your thoughts on the ending I well, I already kind of said I, I liked it. I thought it was it was well, maybe I didn't say that, but I I said you know it doesn't end. You said you smiled or that's satisfying. To. Yeah, it yeah. still has a it still has a, a happy quote unquote ending. Uh, Cruise. I mean, well, I guess let's just 
talk about what happens, and then I can talk about what I thought about it. So Cruz finds Nickerson at a diner and apologizes again. Nickerson chases after him. Cruz says he's going nowhere thanks to him. He's like, you blackballed me. Uh, and he's like, together, together, together. Remember that? All that bullshit? You're just a high school football coach. So cut to Cruz shoveling coal or, or whatever they're doing at the mill. Once again, as if any you know college or, or whatever was, was off the table. And then naturally, Nickerson shows up one day and apologizes and asks Cruz to come play for him at one of the finest engineering schools in the country. So that's that's a bit whatever. I mean, it, not only does he get to go to the, the the school he wants, you know, academically, but then he also gets to play football and and then him and the coach patch it all up and uh, you know everybody lives happily. Like, well, Tom Cruise and the coach live happily yeah. ever after, and uh, right. a lot of these other people's lives are kind of fucked. And you know he's kind of celebrating with <laughs> Leah Thompson, you know, and she's like, "I'm so proud of you," and he's like, "Oh, you know, I love you," but the implication from the coach's wife was that he's gonna move on go do all these things and right. never never see her again which uh, may or may not happen um they again like a lot of things in this movie they leave it sort of open-ended but it's a happy ending for Cruz at least um yeah the coach so uh which i guess is okay and 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 like i said i i was happy for those two and i was i was glad to see a, a decent conclusion to it even though i knew something like that was probably coming and I'm glad it didn't end with Cruz just saving the day at some game and, and then being recruited by <laughs> some major school. And then they show him going pro later, or, you know, whatever, like cheesy thing they could have, they could have done with it. But that said, yeah, it still seems a little kind of far fetched. We didn't, we didn't talk about what happened between the coach and Cruz. So after that, that game where they lose the town more or less blames the coach and all these drunken yahoos, uh, the ones that I mentioned, Cruz gets into a fight with where they tell, where they say, what, you're too good for this town? You know, fuck you. Your dad works here. Your brother works here or whatever. Um, the night of that game, Cruz is hitchhiking home. He's drinking beers. He gets picked up by those guys. And, you know, he's pissed. The coach threw him off the team. He lost all these emotions and whatnot, obviously. And then they go by the coach's house and they they trash it. They, they puncture his tires they spray paint you know loser and get out and, and whatever the the verbiage was on his house they tip a bunch yeah. of trash cans over and then Cruz has a moment in the midst of all this where they he feels like these guys are going too far and he tries to stop them the coach hears what's happening runs to the door sees everybody taken off they all leave without Cruz and Cruz is kind of scrambling trying to run away the coach either recognizes him by face or probably just knows what he looks like and what he runs like and and all that right. stuff from from playing football under him for so long and so uh that's their big falling out cruz tries to go apologize to him the next day uh saying something like i'm sorry what i said in the locker room and the coach says you know it's more than that essentially i saw you the other night and and you're you're fucked you'll never play anywhere blah 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 uh, essentially he, he like you said he, he blackballs him or blacklists him and maybe that's why he can't get into any of these colleges that previously wanted him i don't know but bottom line is cruz finally goes and confronts him and says you, you fucked me over and, and why would you do that what happened to, to together and all your speeches and, and then coach i guess thinks it over and then comes to him and not only apologizes but then gives him a scholarship to come to you know, quote, one of the best engineering schools and, and to play football. And I guess 
all's well that ends well. <laughs> so I don't know. Right. It sounds a little <laughs> little hoary when you say it that way, but uh, but it is a it is a satisfying ending, I guess. So I don't know. But take it take it how you want it. I guess I'm not sure if I feel like it's kind of contrived and cliched, or if uh, I thought it was a nice way to send everybody out. So sure. I yeah, I, like I said, I I liked it. It was the uh, the Ron and Peter big four O side of me is like, what what could we have maybe done different about this ending, or was this ending, yeah, good? <laughs> you know? yeah. But that's right. just the uh, yeah. It's 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 fun to look at these through a different lens and think about things. But I think this movie did enough different things in general to to kind of separate itself like i said it's not a it's not a classic by any means but it's a it's a satisfying movie and it doesn't it's not it's not overly flashy it's kind of gritty and it's kind of you know it's kind of dirty and uh no filmmaking wise it's it's very good like we talked about you know between the director and then uh, cinematographer yon debat there's some great shots the hands like sinking into the wet mud during practice and and just the way the the town they they do a good job of making it look sunless and cold and rainy and oppressive and like the kind of place you would want to leave one of the players says he got drafted to some california team and i was like legitimately happy for him like yeah man i don't want to get the fuck out of that place like i hate the cold (laughs) i hate the rain like i when when he said that and the other guys are kind of making fun of him i'm like good for that fucking guy even if he doesn't yeah (laughs) do very well at football or whatever at least he's in california (laughs) right (laughs) that's you know that's that's where the movie's strengths lie i think more so than anything else i think the performances are all good i think um that it has some insightful and uh, realistic things to say about legacy and not just football but but the legacy of a town the legacy of a a kid yep. growing up in a place like that uh, like we were talking about the fact that you you really don't get much farther than your parents at least you know probably 85 percent. i don't know what the fucking percentage of his kids who like do much better than their parents but you know i i just think that's a that's a, a realistic way of looking at things and and very few have the talent and brains and drive to to get away from that and if you are somebody with with that whether it's sports or academic or both I think that's a, um, yeah, you, you have a lot on your, on the line if you, you fuck up and fail. And, and I think that's yep. the strength of this movie. Um, but at the same time, it's a Hollywood movie and it has to end in a satisfying way for audiences. Sure. And like I said, the way they did it, I think is better than just having crews come out and save the day at a game, which would be the, the obvious way to, to end this movie. But at the same time, I think they could have towed the line a little better than him being like, Oh, guess what? It also happens to be the school that you like, like not only are, are we going to have a happy ending where we make up, not only are you going to come, yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to get you into school. Not only can you play football there, but it's also exactly your dream school with your dream uh, occupation and, and all best engineering like, school in the country. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it pushes it just a little too far with that, but I will right. say that's, that's the cruise character, but it does leave a lot of the other people either as a big question mark, you know, Leah Thompson, what's going to happen to her, what's going to happen right. with her and cruise uh, pen. Like we were talking about is, is he truly happy? Is he going to fucking shoot himself someday because of all this? Like what, what's he going to, like, yeah. So, so, so Lucia, is he going to jail? Like, I, I don't know. Um, and I don't know if the movie would be better for answering those questions. I think it's it's fine to give us that to ponder. Um, it's just a little basic that the the main protagonist or hero of the piece got 
got everything he wanted. And, and but that's what happened. I mean, you're you're rooting for this guy. That's the character you're invested in. I don't think it would have been better if like it ended with him just slagging Cole in that in that last scene before the coach came up. Uh, I don't I don't think anybody wants to see the movie end that way. So right. I'm so sure, I'm, I, I'm happy with it ending the way it did. I guess. But. All right, good. Uh, so that leads to my question or our discussion about Mr. Tom Cruise. I, we yeah. <laughs> we talked about him plenty in Risky Business, so we don't need to uh, yep. uh, go through his whole career. But uh, what did you think of him? Let's just talk about him singularly in this movie. Yeah, he's uh, he's fine. He's he's always fine. He's nothing more than fine. <laughs> uh, you right. Know, the, it, sure. It could have been. It could have been fucking Matt Dillon or Robert Downey Jr. or, or any other sure. dark haired dude of the time. Um, <laughs> I right. I do think it's weird that he has two rather star making turns, not just in one year, but literally what about a month, month and a half apart right. from each other. I don't remember how long ago we did Risky Business, but, uh, and, and I liked him in Risky Business. I thought he was, uh, I can, I can see why he's got that thing, you know, and, and that, that maybe X factor that certain other actors of his looks and, and style and age and all that stuff maybe don't have. Um, this movie is a little bit different. It's more of a drama. It asks him to do a little more heavy lifting that, I, I've never felt Cruz was a great dramatic actor. I think he's he's fine, like I said. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. He, he's not bad, and he doesn't embarrass himself or anything like that. I'm not going to talk any shit about him, but I, I also right. – he didn't, like, blow me away. I'm not like, oh, I'm a yeah. Tom Cruise. Or, I can see why everybody in 83 liked this guy and followed him through till now or, or anything like that. I, I don't think he did anything sure. super standout. But how about you? I, I know you're a little – Cool, not not as cool to cruise as i i am overall but right <laughs> well i it i i well okay i should preface this this last week my wife was in out of state and i was home and i watched a lot of i took thursday and friday off so i watched a few movies between thursday and sunday and then even into this week and two of the movies i watched one i had seen one i hadn't seen but uh shoot now the movie's name is escaping me. Um, the Jamie Foxx and Tom Cruise one, uh, Michael Mann. Collateral. Thank you. Jesus yeah. Christ. Uh, okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's, a, it's a kind and, of a generic title. <laughs> it is, yeah. Uh, and then I watched uh, Half of the Firm. And what I realized about Tom Cruise is that it's not always... It's not always... He... he to me, he's like a very serviceable person for these kind of movies, right? Sure. Uh, but it's never, these movies aren't good. Because of him. Or because of him, right. Like yeah. Collateral is, is cool because it's, it's you know, we could get into a whole Collateral discussion if you want, but whatever. But the, the movie's just more entertaining as a whole. And The Firm yeah. or any of these movies, like Eyes Wide Shut, like, I didn't all like these movies because Tom Cruise blew me away it, or right. Mission Impossible or any of that. Like he, but he's good in those roles. Like he just serves as a good person to fill that void of who's going to be our main guy in this movie. Does that make right. sense? Yeah. 100%. I mean, I, I agree that uh, he's not 
bad. He's never bad per se, although I, I suppose right. I could think of some movies I don't like him in. Sure. Or, or movies I, and there's some scenes like that or, he's always... Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Eyes Wide Shut, I, I like that movie. I love Kubrick overall and his entire aesthetic and everything like that, but I, I didn't like Cruz's dramatic performance, which basically boils down to gritting his teeth, turning his face red. And, yeah. Uh, a lot of brooding. Of yeah. Thing. Yeah. And <laughs> right. Um, and Nicole Kidman too. I, I, there's stuff that choices she makes that kind of irk me. I don't know if that's what Stanley Kubrick was directing them to do. I don't know if they're supposed to be a little aloof and the, the whole movie overall um, because everybody is kind of weird like that. I think it, it works. And then you also have Kubrick's style and all that. And, and it, it, it's a movie I, I love because of yeah, me too. weirdness, but I think Tom Cruise is the, the weak link in it. Yeah. Um, I think Kubrick, I think Kubrick is cat. the star of eyes wide shut. Right. And it's a movie that took me a while to kind of, when I first saw it, I remember it was like, ah, two and a half stars. I'm like, I, I like a lot about this. It looks great. I see what he's going for, but there's also stuff I don't like. And I, I still feel that way, but now I'm more like into the stuff I don't like and fascinated by it as a whole and, and just like to watch it and let it kind of wash over me than, than being analytical about it. Yeah. But anyway, not to get on an eyes wide shut. I'm just saying Cruz is okay. Um, but there's there's never a movie where I go, well, thank God Tom Cruise was in that. Like Cruise <laughs> saved the day, yeah. and and I know I'm in yeah. the minority because a lot of people like Mission Impossible, the, that kind of rests on his shoulders and all this stuff about his stunts. And I mean, you and I have talked about this a gazillion times, and I don't want to keep rehashing it mm-hmm. for people who listen to this podcast. Those five people are probably like, what the fuck are they still talking about this for? But <laughs> but I guess my point is, is I just he I as much as he is maybe the realistic ultimate action hero or whatever, I don't buy him as an action hero. Like he doesn't engage me. Um, I don't, don't believe it. I'm not intimidated by him. I'm, he just, he, he just really just does nothing for me. And this movie's a good example of that. Like he's fine. And, and I, I will concede he's a good actor and he can do this stuff. And I get why people like him, but I just, right. like I said, anybody else could be in that movie instead. And it's certainly right. in an action movie. I'd pick 10 other people that I'd like to see play a, a, a brooding damaged, you know, whatever uh, assassin or, or uh, CIA agent or what, whatever the fuck we're talking about. Um, collateral is, is good, but that's more of a, that doesn't require him to be um, intense in, in like he, his whole thing is kind of being cool and aloof and, uh, uh-huh. you know, calm and, and chilling in that way. And, and that's way better than, somebody I'm supposed to be intimidated by his uh, being a tough guy or a badass or something like that. So, right. So yes. I, I did like collateral and um, I would. Okay, like cool. Yeah. I, w- I was wondering your I, thoughts on that. Um, I haven't seen it since theaters. I, I only saw it the one time, but I remember liking it. I think I even bought it on DVD or something. I just never yeah. put it back in again, but I, but I did. I, I ironically have the DVD in a box down here in the basement still in its wrapping still in its wrappings there you go yeah Yeah. it's a movie it's a movie you want to love or or watch a bunch or whatever but then you just never really do Uh, that movie has tons of fans though i know there's a lot of people who who love it and are are probably yeah it's it's a fun movie it's uh, a young mark ruffalo is in it and yeah i'm glad you brought it up actually because i've been thinking i've heard people talking about it on other podcasts or just whatever comes up every now and then twitter oh really or whatever it is and and yeah and i'm always like oh yeah i gotta watch that again and it's it's been on my rewatch list for a long time so it's ironic you you mentioned that but yeah I yeah i really want to 
check that one Michael out. Michael Mann did those. Michael Mann did those two. Like he Miami Vice. Well, he did Collateral, then Miami Vice, and both those were on this kind of weird digital film. I don't remember. It looked like yeah. a digital video camera that he was yeah. filming it on, and it was that's exactly what it was. Yeah, it was a whole new, yeah. new thing, and um, it looks really cool. Uh, people, you know, have varying to opinions, especially on Miami Vice, but uh, I, I like Michael Mann. I like his style. I think sometimes he can get yeah. a little up his own own ass with with stuff. But oh sure. <laughs> if you're if you're all in on what he's what he's trying to do from a filmmaking perspective, it's it's just if nothing else, like we were talking about Eyes Wide Shut, you can just watch it and uh right. appreciate it before yeah that's the, the narrative stuff or the actors or whatever but right yeah eyes wide shut's one of those movies that if it's on i'll i'll watch at least an hour of it just because i enjoy it that much i think it's i think it's super cool um yeah your uh your star rating for all the right moves i'm gonna go three stars i was teetering a little bit between two and a half and three i think the the critic in me would go two and a half and say, you know, there's, it's, it's a bit on the cliched side, but the technical aspects and the performances are good and whatnot. But I think, yeah, I mean, just being honest, I, I enjoyed it. It's a, it was a movie I like watching and I, I don't think I'm going to jump back to revisiting it anytime soon, but, but for what it is, it's, it's certainly good plus, yeah. I guess. So. Well, yeah, I was excited to hear hear your thoughts on it, and I'm glad you enjoyed it. I'd I'd go three stars as well for from both both perspectives of my movie viewing. Yeah, yeah, I was wondering with with you too, just in terms of it being about high school football, if you're going to bring mm-hmm. any uh, baggage one way or the other, either whether you'd like it more because of it or be like, oh, this movie just is complete bullshit. <laughs> compared to right no and that's uh that's exactly what it wasn't was it was yeah. it was very well captured uh i don't know if you saw the little blurb i wrote for the last episode but it was like um this week we're talking about uh, never say never again which is the second bond movie of this year we're talking about um next week with all the right moves which is the second tom cruise movie of this year we'll be back with the dead zone which is the second movie uh based on a stephen king novel we've talked about yep. this year it's the second movie directed by david cronenberg that we've reviewed this <laughs> yep. year there's there's a couple other things like like Walken is in the dead zone he's also in uh, what's, what's the name of that one brainstorm, brainstorm yeah yep. right at the same time uh, and, and there's a bunch of other stuff like that too. And when we were just talking about Leah Thompson's also in uh, bad boys, which we just reviewed recently and, uh, Chris Penn in Rumblefish, and man, 83 is wild. Like, it's just, you don't see this sort of convalescence of all these things that much anymore these days. And it's just crazy that there's, there's so much from the same directors, same, uh, like if you're basing it on a novel, the same authors and, uh, same actors and and people in the same movies together and uh, with the same people from other movies and it's just it's it's nuts how much of that overlap there is and, and I don't know I just really noticed that over the last couple weeks particularly these last two episodes yeah I I totally did too I was like wait we just saw this dude in another movie or we just saw this person we yeah. just talked about this person yeah it's it was crazy but anyway, like I said, and like we were talking about at the top, the, you know, the '80s and '90s were a, a whole different ball game, and you could just, just people were were churning out stuff left and right that 
you know, we're four quadrant hits and everybody could just go to the theaters and see something. And that's, uh, it's a world I, I enjoyed living in, but anyway, uh, that's a good segue into the dead zone. Uh, this film screenplay by Jeffrey boom, who wrote lethal weapon two after they decided against Shane black's original script for that. Wow. Movie. Yeah. Produced by Deborah Hill. Halloween. Halloween she, yep. She's John Carpenter's partner. Based on the novel by Stephen King. Uh, how many are up to with him so far, just in the year or so we've been doing this podcast? There's Creepshow, we do, yeah. Cujo. Am I leaving anything out? for? I think that's the three. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's the three. Okay. Directed by David Cronenberg. We reviewed his Videodrome earlier this year. Uh, normally he makes stuff outside of the big studio system, but this was more of a mainstream swing for him. Uh, so, yeah, you said you've never seen this one before. I'm not sure that I have either. I feel like I've seen bits and pieces of it on tv um, i never read the stephen king book we've talked before about how i'm a pretty big fan of his and i've read a lot of his stuff but he's got so much that there's plenty of of blind spots but yeah uh, i don't know it, having never seen it before what did you think of it i was very pleasantly surprised by this movie uh i i really enjoyed it it was i think walking first of all is is really good in this movie uh I, there's not many for a guy who's had a 50-year career in Hollywood, you know, ma- ma- mainly the last 45, let's say. Let's say, you know, Deer Hunter he won sure. an Oscar for. I know he's an, he's an Annie Hall. But it, I got I got to start with, with praise for Walken because he's he's really good in this. And he he makes he makes his character, uh, you feel his pain. You feel what he's going through. You feel, you, you know what I mean? Sure. Uh, that's, that's what I felt. Um, yeah. And and the story was cool. The I liked the way it was shot. Um, I liked the way that it. I always respect Cronenberg because I don't always like his movies, but he doesn't. Right. You don't know what you're gonna get from a Cronenberg. You might have seen History of Violence, but that doesn't mean you're gonna. <laughs> that doesn't mean you shouldn't expect yeah. that with every Cronenberg movie. Like that's that's the first movie right. of his I saw. So I always kind of base it on that. Like I had never heard of him before that. Um, and I saw this movie. I'm like, man, this is awesome. And then I wanted to see other movies of his and they are just way different. So you, you got to just accept that that's yeah. who he is as a, as a director. And I think he's good at taking on all the different styles. I, uh, there's parts of this movie that are, Maybe it's the uh, maybe it's the music, which we we'll get into all that. But uh, there's a bit of, there's some parts of it that felt like a TV movie level drama, like melodrama, if you will. Like, sure. uh, <clears throat> but as a whole, this I I really liked this movie, and it's uh, I'm really glad I watched it. That's cool. That's good to hear. Yeah, I uh, I wasn't sure exactly what I was going to think about it going in. You mentioned um, well, you mentioned a lot of stuff. The first of all the stuff that maybe seems a little bit like a tv movie i can agree there i'm sure there was some budget limitations also keep in mind we're watching this thing from 1983 that's going to seem a little dated and i'm guessing this doesn't have the budget of even you know the some of the other movies we've been watching recently for instance like never say never right and and that sort of thing so even though those also look a little honky tonk or whatever from a 2023 perspective or maybe even like a 1993 perspective that's just kind of to be expected so i think there's there's a little bit of that going on with this movie christopher walken yeah he's always an actor i've really 
appreciated and liked and he he is one of those guys who automatically makes anything he's in that much more interesting just by him being yeah. in it uh i can understand why some people might think he's kind of strange or, or twitchy or you know he's, he's not your average leading man and it's it's crazy that he's well, it's not crazy it's, it's good but it's it's interesting that he's one of a handful of these actors or or very few actors who can be kind of odd looking have odd speech patterns whatever but he's so compelling and interesting to watch and so good at what he does that it doesn't matter you don't have to be the matinee idol and the um, the brad pitt or or even if you're going to talk about great actors like marlon brando or you don't you don't have to do all that you can just have a very unique organic natural presence and and be yourself and that just that comes through and and it, it grabs the viewer and and you always are interested to see what this this guy's going to do and, and how he's going to do it next and he's one of those guys yep. for sure absolutely and, and i think it's it's followed him through the the 90s i mean he has he had this sort of hip revisionist thing when he was doing the uh what was the that video was that like fat boy, fat boy slim, slim. Or something where he's dancing through the, yeah yeah and uh the saturday Night live thing the cowbell and and all that and obviously there's <laughs> stuff like true romance which is that 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 monologue right. between him and hopper which we talked about on the, the bonus episode we did there i'm trying to think king of new york is something that you know that movie wasn't a huge hit or anything but i think people point to it as a uh, if you want to see a really great walking yeah. performance where he's carrying the film and not to mention just a great cast all around. That's another movie that um, might be kind of divisive, but you got a director like Abel Ferrara, who's, he's not like Cronenberg. He doesn't make weird movies, but he, he, he kind of makes very specific sort of Scorsese sure. kind of movies with a, with a real lived in flair and flavor. And, you know, so that movie's got that going for it. And I think uh, that movie's great. Walking in the lead. Yeah. And, I love King of New York. Yeah. Great. Surprise. It doesn't, I, I, I haven't watched it in a while, but what I remember most about it is I'm like, I don't really give a shit about the narrative structure of this movie that much. You know, it's just about all these people and places and scenes uh -huh. and shots. And, and oh, it, it comes just, at you a million miles just, an hour. Yeah. 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 Just, just so much, so interesting. And, and you just, you can't kind of take your eyes off it, even if you're like, wait, what's, what's mm -hmm. happening? Like, what, what? Like, I don't, I don't know. This guy's a criminal and maybe he's going to get like either captured or killed or i i don't know like who cares right. I mean, it's just it's a movie you just watch and it's great so yeah walking forever i, I, I <laughs> love walking and, and he's great in this one too. i like that he's i like that like you said that with the snl stuff and and just to kind of his career in general he's not afraid to poke fun of at himself he doesn't take himself too seriously even though he seems like a complete right. nutcase with all these like you said all yeah. these twitches like all these idiosyncrasies he he's yeah. kind of like uh like a Gary Busey only Gary Busey doesn't doesn't seem to have that self yeah. <laughs> uh, awareness right. <laughs> I think Watkins yeah. a little bit better of an actor but I don't want to go off on sure. a tangent well, about I mean, Busey but Busey I don't know I think in in later years Busey probably did at least for a minute I think Busey's like slowly just kind of been losing his mind over the last couple of decades and I think there was a a pocket of time when he was doing things like popping up on you know VH1 reality shows and stuff like that or or playing himself in I mean I I, I don't know if this is true or not but something like this you know he'd he'd spoof himself in a commercial or a skit oh, or, sure. or or whatever. I, I can't think of anything specific. I, I'm just saying that I've definitely seen him 
have that sort of self-awareness and and maybe it's just a monetary thing where his agent is like you know you're you're kind of a cult thing now here go do this thing that sort of trades on your persona and maybe there's some money to be made so so who knows if it was organic or or what but i think he's slowly gotten more and more weird (laughs) i think there was a motorcycle accident or something that's maybe to blame for some of that but either way i i I love busey and 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 i love walking and i don't know that we need to right you see where i kind of draw the parallels though between the two like they're kind of yeah exactly they're kind of uh drawn together by their they're (laughs) they're larger than than life or you know they're they're bigger than whatever role they're they're playing they're just these guys yeah exactly everybody's usually happy to see them or, or at least you get a chuckle when they pop on yep. screen because everybody knows like hey there's <laughs> right there's one of those guys i just love to see and, and yeah that's that's awesome it's a good place to be in if you can't be a you know a mega star or or the above the title thing that's putting butts in seats right. it's, it's pretty cool if everybody's just happy when you show up in a movie now the uh the movie as a whole uh what what were your thoughts i mean we we'll we'll get into it obviously but uh this is probably your first way the whole time through yep first time uh sitting down and watching it and yeah i was i was impressed with how much i liked it and and how much it uh, actually kind of held my interest and that sort of thing i i can go either way with movies like this Uh, sci-fi is hit or miss for me there's some sci-fi movies i truly love but just generally speaking it's not really my genre i don't get off on the weird sort of existential um you know let's see see how crazy we can get obviously this movie isn't like cronenberg's existence or you know some of the other stuff he's he's done Uh, even even videodrome it's much more mainstream than that but um yeah so well let's talk about so so walking's english teacher um him reading the raven is funny right at the top because he sounds like what you'd expect or, or the SNL parody version of, of Walken reading the Raven would, would sound like. But so that's a fun little opening scene. And he looks like an aged Harry Potter with his, uh, you know, kind crop of, bangs yeah. and round glasses. And <laughs> yeah. he's wearing like a prep school uniform and stuff. I, I thought right, just right off the bat, I was all in on Walken's sort of demeanor in this thing. And um, I suppose it could have gone either way. It could have been silly and, and ridiculous, but I think the movie shores all that up real quickly when it finally gets into the plot which is he's driving he has a girlfriend he kisses her goodbye says i gotta go he's driving in his little car down the road a semi tips over walking crashes into it and so then he's in a five-year coma Uh, so this is basically hard to kill uh it was right (laughs) seven years in that film but walking waking up and uh pulling a steven seagal would have been a cool way to go about this movie it's not, it's not, he just he just he just beats up his doctor and escapes <laughs> hitman come for him he gets out yeah him and the nurse take off together uh-huh. i'd like to see you walk into a movie like that oh he'd be great yeah there's money to be made right there yeah but no peter instead he uh wakes up with a strange sort of telepathy that uh you know is unexplained and um if he touches someone, he can uh, essentially just see the danger in their their lives, uh, whether it's you know, or their sins or, or their futures. I'm not hundred percent sure exactly or, yeah. how the yeah the power works in in a weird way. You know, he touches that nurse and says, "Your daughter's at home and the house is on fire or something. Go get her. It's you know, it's not too late. Get her out." And then he touches other people and sees what's going to happen in their their future. Um, a la Martin Sheen is the bad guy in this movie, which will 
get into in a little bit, but the power isn't, I'm not a hundred percent clear on the logistics of that. I don't, I don't know how much it matters, but right. It seems like, but yeah, so that's, that's essentially the, the, the main gist of this movie is he's in this car accident. Uh, he wakes up five years later, his, his girlfriend is remarried and for him, you know, it, it feels like two days or whatever. So, and then he also realizes he's got this crazy new new power, and it, it seems to affect him beyond that. Also, it, it, it it's like hurting him or killing him, or he's worried that he's going to be dead soon. Every time this happens, he, he, he's having more headaches, and he's got this doctor who's trying to kind of figure out what's going on with him. And there's a point, you know, maybe three-quarters of the way through the movie where he says, just level with me. I'm dying, aren't I? I'm getting worse rather than better. And, yeah, I don't I don't know exactly – the, the movie doesn't lay it all out or explain it, which is fine. Um, but yeah, it's, it makes it hard to kind of follow exactly what's going on with him or exactly what this, this thing is, but sure. I don't know. Yeah. It's never fully think. explained, but it's, he has a, he has the girlfriend, like you said, and they go on a roller coaster and he gets a headache during the roller coaster. But then, you know, he seems fine the rest of the day and then gets in this car accident. Now, whether, whether that headache yeah. on good point what, what, yeah would that have yeah already yeah was it already starting in him i don't know did that precipitate something so then he gets into this accident um i did i really liked the uh i i don't know his name uh the, i know his name in the movie is sam which is easy to remember for me but uh his <laughs> the yeah uh, the the doctor uh, I really liked that yeah. character, like because the doctor genuinely cared, and it wasn't like a you you know the doctor had you know there's they actually go into his personal story because right. of this vision that that Walken has, and I I loved that I loved that little nuance to the movie, and I'm sure that plays well in the novel too. Um, yeah, with that yeah, doctor. doctor Sam Sam Wyzak, played by Herbert Lom. Herbert uh was a skilled comedic actor oh wow <laughs> apparently in the the pink panther franchise as chief inspector charles dreyfus would not have seen that coming yeah he died in 2002 he died at 95 years old so he oh, was wow. born in he was born in 1917 his first movie credit is in 37 by the time we get into say the 70s he's already got probably i mean this has to be 50 credits here wow um yeah just one of those guys and then he does stuff like hawaii 50 um pink panther like we mentioned yeah dead zone after the dead zone he's in king solomon's mines um <laughs> river of death that's the 1989 Michael Dudikoff vehicle. Nice. Uh, <laughs> I bet Dudikoff beats everyone's ass in that movie. <laughs> I'm assuming. I'm assuming. Uh, right? <laughs> yeah, nothing else of of note. Uh, the The Pope must die. If you remember that movie in the U.S., it was titled "The Pope Must Die." It. <laughs> <laughs> the name sounds that? familiar. Yeah. Yeah, what I, I remember the uh, ninety. One, I think I remember. Yeah, ninety-one. Okay. Um, it, it was a British kind of import. I remember the uh, box at the at the video store, and I was like, "Is that 
that T like the fo- like what? And then um, it stars Robbie Coltrane, who was something of a thing around the time. Beverly D'Angelo, yeah, Balthazar Getty on the on the fourth floor. <laughs> on the fourth floor, yeah. That is that's an obscure. Any House of Pain fan? Will... Yeah. <laughs> that's an obscure. We were watching Young Guns, uh, I think it was two. Young Guns 2, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, he's on that. I was watching that with the kids, and I was like, um, (laughs) Balthazar Getty. What a weird fucking thing for them to, he must have been friends with them or whatever. Yeah. They're probably right, but that's pretty funny. I was going to say, they were friends with like, they were friends with like Corin Nemec and Brian Austin Green, and like, they're all California kids, essentially, even though they were portraying Boston roughnecks, they were actually... Yeah, uh, well, like that, California as is, kids, as is much rap <laughs> right. of you know tough guy mm-hmm. or whatever. It's all exactly. All um, yeah, so that's that's Herbert Loam, but uh, yeah, I agree. He was good in this. I like his use of the, uh, or I, I should say, the use of that character as opposed to just making him the doctor who's, you know, either exploiting him or 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 even if he's not, and he doesn't want his best interest. He's just sitting there like. Oh, you got to do this. And the guy's like, no, get away from me, doc. You know, that kind of stuff. There's, mm-hmm. there's a little bit of that, but it's it's not that kind of movie. You know, it's, right. it's better than that. So I agree there. Uh, do you, I don't know. I mean, we, yeah, we, we got the general plot down. Uh, plot if that's what you want. <laughs> yeah, no, we don't. I mean, the, the story is, the story is interesting because a lot of things happen, uh, but like, mainly my thoughts are like kind of more in a broad sense, like what I thought of this scene here or that scene there. Um, well, I'll tell you something. I, I watched this movie two weeks ago because we thought we were going to right. do the, which has got to be it, hard uh, with never say never again. And um, then we ended up doing, what did we end up doing that week? Rumblefish. Rumblefish. That's right. Cause it yeah. came out the same week and it seemed like a, a major blind spot given its cast and director. Um, for anybody who didn't listen to the episode, it's Francis Ford Coppola. He made it back to back with The Outsiders, but it's a far different film, even though it has a lot of the same cast. There's a young Nick Cage in there, who is Coppola's, uh, what is he, nephew? And he is him. Uh, Chris Penn, who we alluded to. Lawrence Fishburne's in there. It's this black and white, really artsy movie, but also in some parallel universe that seems to take place in modern day, but everybody dresses like 50s greasers and uh they rumble and and shit like that and uh it's a it's a good experiment if nothing else and super entertaining and uh we really enjoyed it but anyway glad we did it but that meant we put dead zone on the back burner till the week it actually came out which is this week and uh i'm i'm glad i watched it and it sounds like we both liked it but like i said i watched it two weeks ago which doesn't sound like a long time ago but i'm used to watching well, it can be at this age two or three days <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah not even that it's just kind of like you'll lose that initial um you know i took all these notes and i remember writing them down and as i'm reading them some of the the, the feeling about sure. what i wrote and why i wrote it is coming back but the the sort of periphery stuff that happens in in between all that i'm i'm a little hazy on but uh, i i will say that for for a movie that like i said i i watched two weeks ago it certainly stuck with me and i i mean the plot the plot beyond what we just said where he he has this power um he martin sheen uh plays a character running for senate uh and you know he's one of these what's happening in this country can't the people you know see through this guy sort of mm-hmm. you know topical things you know there's you got the reagan years and 
Uh, we're kind of back to some of that same stuff now. So uh, he's he's definitely doing doing what would be a sort of mega type thing. Um, right. So he's he's this crooked politician. Uh, Walken sees in his future that it it leads to he's trying to start a nuclear war despite there being a, a better diplomatic solution. Um, and that, you know, he, he would essentially kill anybody to, to get to whatever position of power he wants. The movie isn't super specific about what exactly he gains from it or, or, or what's going to happen, but yeah, it seemed like a, it seemed like Make America great again or what's the, yeah, point? it seemed like a little bit of both like money. Yes. But yeah, power seemed to be what, was driving yeah. this guy and um he's billed well he's billed uh, at the end of the opening credits as and martin sheen as charles stilson or whatever his name is yeah he he ended up being being a pretty entertaining character like just a complete dick and uh i almost i don't want to say didn't fit in them like you could have done more of this movie even without someone like that but yeah I, I, that's what but that's what leads to the fate of of our main well, character you know this is two movies in one right kind of you got yeah. the, the first half which is him uh you know having this tragedy trying to relive his life discovering this power figuring out what that's all about and then all of a sudden there's this kind of like mid-movie uh reveal or or i don't know they introduce a, a whole new plot about how this this senator, this crooked senator, has to be stopped, and then he realizes he can use his power to potentially help out, and now it becomes about that. So you're right. Normally in a movie like this, you'd just have him going around doing different things, some dangerous, some not. Uh, but this this movie kind of cuts to the chase. And again, I haven't read the novel, so I don't know how long it takes to play out there. But um, it seems to it seems to be an abrupt shift that now all of a sudden we're into this political intrigue plot but uh yeah yeah i think it, i think it's better for it i didn't need to see a movie where he just wandered around you know seeing different like like we already get what the power can do and there's a lot of movies like sure. this that'll spend a lot of time on different scenarios and things like that i think it's cool that they just kind of went with okay well now here's a here's a mission for you or, yeah. or a purpose that you can define and the fact that i think he thought he was dying or, or maybe he was legitimately dying anyway um i think i think that was a good wrinkle to introduce yeah. because then that leads to him being able to sacrifice himself to stop this crooked politician so because like uh, you like uh yeah. you have a movie like phenomenon right which is similar in which this guy's got all this i i don't you saw you saw phenomenon i assume probably I don't didn't know, like I don't it I, but 96 remember when yeah. it came out john travolta touchstone picture um, yeah <laughs> i don't i don't know that i ever i don't know yeah. that i ever watched it i'm sure i was just like this is not for me i'm 16 fuck you you know <laughs> exactly <laughs> i saw it so, yeah i mean it, I, I saw it twice once with your my mom and one yeah you, you went with sorry. your mom yeah sorry <laughs> and took you and took me to phenomenon and took me to phenomenon and then i went on a, on a date to phenomenon and uh once again wow turned out twice. yeah turned yeah i saw it twice and then once on video so three times i saw that fucking movie and this movie does so much better with the premise of it now i get that phenomenon is going more for a, a sappy yeah. role whereas this is kind of a horrific thing that this guy's right. seeing 
But that's, well, that's what. Yeah, that's, that's what, how you decide what you're going to take your date to. Do you take her to the sappy one or the, uh, the scary one? Because both are effective. Um, you know. Yeah. Date films. But. Exactly. This one. Well, uh, I mean, Good, this good one for I you enjoyed for going on a more. date, if nothing hey, else. Hey, thank you. I don't think I was she... doing too much of that in '96. <laughs> no, I was actually, I was actually asked out on this date, so that's. Oh. Wow. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, dish, dish. Yeah, I had a. Uh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> I, I don't, you don't need to like say her name, but. <laughs> no, I'm not going to say her name. So I, I want to hear the story. <laughs> okay, so I had, I had a, I had a neighbor. Uh, I had neighbors, I should say, that had two kids that were, ah, God, at that age, they were probably eight and six or something like that, or, you know, 10 and eight or something like that. Uh, and she yeah. would, she lived in Appleton, but she would come down, uh-huh. in, she would come down in the summer and babysit. And we had had a fling in 94, <laughs> But oh, she no. had a boy, yeah. But she had a boyfriend, so. Oh no! <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> so then, she comes back in '96, and. Uh, Story's amazing. Yeah, calls me, calls me, and asks if I want to, you know, go out because she's kind of bored and wants something to do because she's my age. And wait, 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 wait. What happened in '94? Why well, didn't go any further? Just because she lived in Appleton, or yeah, well, she, and she had lived a... in Appleton. She like moved. Yeah, she, oh, she yeah, she grew up in. Yeah, sorry. Uh, yeah, sorry. I, 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 I drink beer. I'm sorry. <laughs> me Killing too. Brain cells. <laughs> yeah, lived in Appleton, and. Uh, we we messed around, but she had a boyfriend, so that was that. And then in '96, she was no longer with said boyfriend, and yeah. she called was you back. first thing. That's pretty nice. Yeah, she was back babysitting again, and we talked a little bit. And then she called me out of the blue and asked if I wanted to go out to the movies. And I'm like, uh, okay. So I was trying to think of a movie to see. I'm like, maybe Phenomenon. <laughs> maybe Phenomenon would be better than like Independence Day. I don't know what. The I was fuck gonna say. I was so this thinking. is this is July of '96. If this I remember, July of '96. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. Yep. Did you did you play uh, Change the World on the way there? <laughs> <laughs> I did not. Um, but when the when I pick her up to drive her to the prospect mall theater to see phenomenon <laughs> she makes it very clear that there's not going to be any messing around tonight ah. yeah well and so you should have just been like well you turn the so goddamn Dutch car then? around yeah well i should have turned i was the gonna say car. that but i was i was trying to be a little, a little oh no hard. i was pissed i was like dude yeah. two years ago you got me to third base i thought we were gonna be hitting a home run tonight <laughs> <laughs> So wait, so so wait, why? Okay, I mean, I assume she just maybe wanted to be friends. I guess that was the point. But yeah, you think she could have led with the fact that you're, she's not interested in having a boyfriend or not interested in you romantically right. or, or whatever it was, and then been like, "But hey, if you want to hang out, we can go see a movie or something." Like yes, that, kind that of could have been the phone call, right? That could have been yeah. the phone call to me instead of me going maybe out and she buying was a. Maybe sh- you'd <laughs> be a shallow asshole and be like, "Fuck you, I don't want to." Yeah. Not paying for a movie, you know, whatever. But you bought a <laughs> shirt? I bought a oh, shirt man, you from were Kohl's. Ready to go. Yeah, wow. I went and bought a shirt from Kohl's. Uh, like kind of oversized and, uh, like, oh, yeah. you know. Um, yeah, with, like, the stripes uh, going like down all the. Or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Three buttons at the top, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and and some denim jeans. I was, uh, I was thinking I was ready to roll. Yeah. Did you take a shower in the men's locker room for oh. old times? <laughs> 
I know I showered in some sense, but probably not in. So the wait, locker. was this was this before or after the uh, the um, win, the football win? This was after. This was the summer after that. So that shower thing was '95, and this was summer of '96. You know what? So okay, so you lost that game then that you scored the touchdown. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I was because I remember you guys winning like one finally senior year. So I thought maybe yep. that was the game you were talking about. That might have sealed the deal for you if you had scored the touchdown in the winning game. That would have been amazing. Then had a bonfire, like the only yeah. the only win you guys have had in yeah. like eighteen years or whatever. That, that would have been my happened. Tom Cruise moment for show. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we'll never know, but <laughs> we'll never know. But but you could have used that story at least to. Uh... You know, maybe get yeah, to a tra- off yeah the... to get Miss Appleton more on yeah. board. Yeah, <laughs> but Miss Appleton was not interested. She just wanted. She was bored and wanted to go to a movie. And well, decided that's okay. I, would... I mean, come on, we're yeah. not going to be the kind of guys that be like. But yeah, but calling up some guy you made out with uh, recently, two years before. Even, yeah. Well, yeah, I don't know. I mean, two years ago was a kind of a long time. A lot of shit. Happened. But but she, I'm sure she knows you remember it. And then like mm-hmm. uh, the fact that she also was like doing it. Well, she had a boyfriend, but then again, you know, girls are like that when they're pissed or, or mad at their boyfriends or whatever. So maybe right, mean as much to her. I don't know. I think my edible's <laughs> starting to kick in, and I'm going to get really, uh, really deep <laughs> no, into this conversation. That's uh, all right. No, I'm enjoying but, this. But can you imagine? This would be like if I uh, went, like, you know, Miss Ron and I, you know, hooked up or something, and she's like, She's like, hey, you remember that time when we hooked up like 10 years ago? And I'm like, yeah, sure. And she's like, well, you want to like pick me up for a movie or something? And I'd be like, oh, uh, okay, sure, I guess. And then I go and buy a shirt at Kohl's or something. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, you know, this day and age, I would buy it from like Target or Walmart or whatever. I <laughs> right. But uh, I would have to buy one. I got shirts for days. Anyway, so I would like pick her up and then she'd be like, oh, so guess what? This just isn't going to happen. Now I'm in my head, I have to do the do I just fucking turn around and be like, well, okay, I'm going to show you what a dick I was because that's the only reason I did this. Am I like, okay, cool. Well, then I guess we're going Dutch because then I'm also kind of sticking it to her a little bit, but that that's also <laughs> shitty because it implies that all I care about is having sex or whatever, which is, <laughs> is an asshole right. move and I wouldn't do it. And, that, and that's honestly not me. I mean, but I think guys get a no, bad I mean... for being perceived as like only wanting that. So right. the third option would then to be to just be like, well, uh, that's fine. That's cool. I guess we'll just like go see this movie as friends, but in the back of your mind, you're still gonna be like, why the fuck didn't you just lead with like, Hey, I know exactly we... Ron. Well, you want to know why Peter? Here's the reason why it's cause you guys are what? 16 years old. We're, I was 18. <laughs> yeah. She was probably, yeah, she was probably 17. I was 18. Something like that. That sounds well, bad. Whatever. We'll say we we're both 18. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I forgot about that. Well, yeah. I just forgot you were an 18 year old junior or whatever. Yes, yeah, so I was. Yeah. Well, I'd have been, oh, wait, I'd have been 18 that, wait, December. Yeah. Yeah. No. In 96? Yeah, I you turned 18 on de- oh. December of night. Are you December 4th? Yeah, Wait, so I, I mean, I are born... you December? Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. Okay, so we'll cut that I was born. Yeah. yeah. Wait, what did you say? <laughs> no, I said I said we'll cut that in post because I literally oh, said I know, your before birthday. that, what did you say? Oh, oh okay. I said, th- okay. 
yeah. No, I said no, you were eight. You were eighteen. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in December yeah, of ninety six. December ninety six. Right, because I was born yep. in seventy eight. But December, yep. I always fuck it up because people are just like, "Well, how old are you?" And then I, I tell them, but you know, if it's February, I'm not that old yet. So I'm like, I I gotta always remember to yeah. until December, like go back a year or whatever. Because right, you tell you tell somebody you're born in seventy eight, they assume you're a year older than you are when your birthday's at the end of the fucking year. Right, and like any time in ninety five, I you say I'm seventeen. All that feels, when... Mister May birthday. <laughs> <laughs> so. I went from Phenomenon, comparing Phenomenon to this movie, and then we went in. Well, oh, no, we're not even done with the story yet. So what'd you do? You guys went and watched the movie, and then you just, like, shook hands and went home? Exactly. What? Fucking, yeah, that was I literally a, it? Did you? I got did a you hug pay? at the end. Of, I got a hug. at. I paid for everything, man. Oh, fuck. <laughs> well, you're still holding out hope, or you just were like, well, I can't turn back on this now? Or did she expect I, it? Because that's the word. No, she at least no, she, no, 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 no. She, she insisted on paying... And I was yeah. like, no, I'm a gentleman. It's 1996. You're supposed to just you're supposed to just pay for this stuff. So yeah. I paid. I bought all that stuff. Regardless. You're like, I'm 19. It's 1996. <laughs> right. And a gentleman. I got a, and a complete gentleman. <laughs> yeah. You know what I did during that whole movie, Ron? Jerk had, off. No, I wish I had. Um That's <laughs> That's what I'd have done. That's it's what Ron would have very No, no. I mean, I, you know, but but even beyond the, the norm, um, that would be the most passive aggressive fucking way to tell her number one. <laughs> Forget it. You don't have any. I do. Yeah. <laughs> like that would say so much more than your words ever could. Right. It's more than words. You'd be like, all right, all right, let's go see the movie anyway. She's like, oh, yeah. this guy doesn't really doesn't care. And then just just start beating off. <laughs> <laughs> oh god and you'd be like two birds with one stone i get to let you know how i feel about this situation in in the most awesomely passive aggressive manner of all time and i'm gonna get off like i planned so win-win <laughs> so what so so after that uh no more contact or what that was like it because it like that was it that was literally that's, yeah it's really bullshit i mean she had to know that was gonna make it weird why did she I mean, I, I guess it's good she told you ahead of time, thinking she she wasn't just going to yeah. use you for your your, she your told, phenomenon yeah. tickets <laughs> at the prospect. You're like hall. you're like, hey baby, I got the I got the coveted uh, phenomenon ticket. It's <laughs> right. like, oh, you you got some? I got, oh yeah. well, I was going to tell you we shouldn't. So wait, she called you up? Correct. And and she. And and she's like, let's just go to a movie. She just, yeah. she literally just wanted to go to. Do you think that how how many how much time notice did you have between the the phone call and the movie? Did you a plan day, like a couple days in advance. Oh yeah. Do you think like in the meantime, like she got back together with her boyfriend or just met some other football player that uh, you know won the game or whatever? <laughs> I think you know in. This isn't this is an intimate portrait of teenage Peter, by the way, which I'm enjoying. Yeah, I've never heard this story. What the fuck? Why? Why have we never? Talk yeah, about I don't this know. Story? I don't. I don't talk much. Um, I am an open. Me I am an open neither. book. I'm saying... Oh no! It, <laughs> I'm see, saying... I'm the, I'm the opposite. I talk a lot, but I don't like to tell anybody shit. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you kind of just live right. your life. Yeah, I don't. I don't talk a lot, but I'm an open book. I'm like, I, 
I'll <laughs> tell you whatever the fuck I'm thinking, but I'm not going to look yeah. it up. D- like, don't expect no, me to I tell mean... you anything important. <laughs> I don't, I don't share business, it unless you know? it's... <laughs> yeah, mind your business, right? Yeah, yeah you'll know so, what I'm thinking. Uh, you just won't know what's going on with me. Uh, unless, <laughs> unless, watch this, watch this fucking segue, Peter. Unless you are Christopher Walken in the dead zone and you touch me, <laughs> then you will know <laughs> all. Exactly. So, here we are in this film, The Dead Zone, 1993, 83, released <laughs> uh, October 21st of 1983, directed by Stephen Cronenberg. It stars Christopher Walken. It's based on the Stephen King novel. Uh, yeah. So let, let's just talk some more scenes, all right? We talked about Martin Sheen's running for Senate. Yep. And he's saying shit like, what's happening in this country? And, and then there's other guys like, can't the people read through this guy? Like I said, topical. Uh, we can we we can say we're living through similar sort of uh, bipartisan disagreement. Wait, bipartisan yeah. the wrong word. Just partisan disagreement, I guess. Disagreement between yeah, parties. Oh, d- yeah, and yeah. No bipartisanship at all, right? Yeah. Uh, so we got a we we got this crooked politician. He's going to potentially lead the country into nuclear war with uh, the USSR, I believe, because that was still a thing. Back then, Um, and then, you know, the question becomes, uh, if this is going to lead to some nuclear war or genocide, would you kill slash stop Hitler if you knew you could? And that's kind of the question that Christopher Walken now has to grapple with um, in this movie that it's no phenomenon, (laughs) but (laughs) but at least you didn't spend money to see it and then get blue-balled. On your way exactly. out. <laughs> I hope I had a hustler under my bed that night waiting for me because oh, I'm sure you otherwise did. that night would have been yeah. <laughs> the odds are yeah. the odds are strong. <laughs> yeah. I mean that that was the uh the third uh component in the the movie and fried chicken nights that we left out. <laughs> exactly. Barbed wire chicken spur. Okay, see that sounds bad though, because now it just sounds like we were a bunch of dudes who went to go see a movie, ate fried chicken, and then bought a fucking porno together. And Unfortunately, did, that is what happened. What? <laughs> no, it isn't. No, <laughs> not the way you're making it sound. Like we bought our own shit and then like went our separate ways and you know just read articles. It had nothing to do with being together or buying it together or enjoying it together. God damn it! This I thought that's what we did. I thought <laughs> what? Oh, this might be the no. I thought we remember you Melrose came. We're... Oh my god, dude! Shut the fuck up. <laughs> sounds terrible. Listen, it's not the way he's making it sound, everybody. Because listen, everybody, I ate rant. black-eyed peas. I ate black-eyed peas. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, all right. I, I thought, listen, when I, we started this night, I was like, this is going to be the new professional me. I'm going to like, you know, tell a little story at the top of the podcast, maybe introduce it in a different way. We're going to like try to be, I'm going to sound engaged and just like, you know, not like I normally where I'm like, oh, and then this thing happened. And, and, you know, uh, and then I say, you know, 40,000 times and just the editing just really takes its toll because it's mostly me trying to cut out shit like that and long ums and uhs and, and, and too many ands in a row. And, likes and you know and so what the fuck was i talking about wait where was i going with this 
oh, I said, uh, yeah. So I said I was going to try to do this a better way. And then what happened was now we're in a position where I have to learn how to somehow beep out people's names or just literally cut this entire you could, yeah out, which isn't going to make any sense, though, in the overarching narrative of <laughs> why we're two funny, engaging guys that people want to listen to. Or, or whatever we're talking about with this movie, I don't know. <laughs> I sh- I shouldn't have dropped. I shouldn't. Have, I've been trying to not name drop, and then I just did out of out of. Okay, uh... Well, basically, you just insinuated that not only do you and I buy porn together and like go home and do something, and then you're all like, no. okay, well then, don't remember that time we brought in that thirty? Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. That's what I've been talking about this whole time is the fact that that's what it sounds like when we're talking about this. So we can't do that and keep saying this. And then on top of you, just be like, isn't that what we did? Though I'm like, no, because it sounds bad. And then you're like, not only that's exactly what we did, but then you're like, remember that time we brought in this other dude, <laughs> Peter. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm dying up here. <laughs> this is this has been a podcast called The Big Four with Ron and Peter. It is now canceled. It may return sometime, but it'll be Ron and somebody else. Probably fucking Melrose. God damn it. See, you said his name. <laughs> you said his name first. I did. <laughs> <coughs> This is right. not what it sounds like. That's why it's funny. Jesus Christ, man. Anyway, we did nothing wrong or weird or fucking. Oh my God. No, that's even worse because it's calling it wrong. <laughs> it's fine if. Oh, jeez. Anyway, um, what was I? So I, I said the the porn was the third component of the chicken thing, and we got back to that. And then I went on know, a whole diatribe. What? Yeah. No, that's. I fine, went on a whole. Di- but I was talking about something. You were talking about something. I was like, oh, but uh, by the way, uh, oh, yeah. You were like, I hope I had a hustler under my bed that night for when the girl stood me up. And yeah. I, like, I bet you did. Yeah. And then I was like, I know you fucking probably did because that's what we we used to do. The third part of the, <laughs> the chicken and movie was <laughs> buying porn. But then you were like, you made it sound weird. Like we came home and like, you know, utilized it. So I was like, no, we we bought that. And then, oh, like, no, there was no utilization. separate ways. We didn't yeah. have any like, and, sleep. And I could have just shut up there. Those. Yeah. That's all I was Because I realized yeah. I stepped in it by even just bringing that up. I apologize, Ron. Which, which Christopher Walken would have realized had he touched my hands 40 years ago today. Because exactly. in this film we watched called The Dead Zone, based on the novel by Stephen King, uh, directed by David Cronenberg, starring Christopher Walken, that is a thing that happens to him is he's able to read the futures sometimes of people or read their dangers or see their past. I'm really not sure. We have yet to determine all that. I had the Wikipedia ready to go to potentially read the difference between it and the novel, but I really don't think I have it in me at this point. <laughs> so like we can, we can play this game if you want, but... So you're just, you're just shutting the shit down. <laughs> I don't. I just don't want to like go go through a whole like. Uh, people are like, well, can do you know what the like? Did you research this episode, guys? Did you look at the movie? Did you have any fun facts you wanted to share? Where you're like, oh, well, here's what Stephen King did in the novel. Here's what it's like in the book. I'm just saying the answer is no, and I could try to fake it right now by really like doing a like thorough 
this fucking Wikipedia brain scan, but I don't know if it's worth all that. And I don't, you know, I don't want to, I want to be transparent with our listeners and be like, listen, I'm not going to try to screw you around and fucking like <laughs> come, come pretending that I actually did some work beforehand. Cause I didn't on this one. I'm sorry. I just didn't. I, I took this movie at face value. I watched it two weeks ago. I completely forgot about it. And now here I am trying to talk about it. Like I <laughs> have a goddamn clue what's going on. No, I'm kidding. I, I remember this movie very well. It's it's good. I liked it. Three yeah, stars. I did Rod. too. You know what? Three <laughs> stars from me too. I'll tell you what gets four stars is your entire story about this. Lad. <laughs> my my phenomenon last god damn yeah. it man we're really bad at this <laughs> really bad at looking straight even though we are 100 percent. yeah 100 <laughs> percent. just to be clear what i what had just happened is i slipped saying lad instead of last making it sound like that girl you're talking about was actually a guy which doubles back onto all the like inaccurate gay shit you were proposing before and now you got me looking like a homophobe once again because I have to walk this fine line between being like, it's all good, but like, it wasn't us. <laughs> all right. So here's, here's where we, I'm going to bring it, I'm going to bring it back on the, on the tracks now. Dude, thank God we didn't start this thing at eight, like we were talking about. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Uh, did you like the, uh, what was the girlfriend's name? Sarah. Sure. Well, <laughs> Brooke Adams. I know the actress's name was yeah. Brooke Adams. Yeah. 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 Uh, did you like that that character? I I thought it was a little bit, a little bit shallow here and there, but not well, Peter. Not overly. I would I would think you could very well relate to this tale of a lady uh, who he knew years earlier, who then. <laughs> fell in with somebody else but then she came a knocking one day had sex with him and was like this just can never happen again or whatever because i got this this baby in this car that we apparently just left in here while we fucked for a while and uh then um you know i know you didn't actually end up getting laid but i assume you can imagine that this is basically a story about what happened to you and that's why the dead zone really is a documentary yeah The Dead Zone's essentially you a documentary. Sue Cronenberg for whatever rights you have <laughs> yeah. coming for. Yeah, exactly, that scene dude. Right out of your actual. He took my life. ideas. He took my life, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, all right, and, and we're. I think we're pretty much close to being done anyway, right? Well, what else do you have to yeah. say about this movie? We liked it. It's good. Uh, we're short shifting it a little bit. Didn't didn't do do the research, and uh, I'm sorry about that. Um, but. You know, at the end no, of the day, I, like if you just want to know what two guys think about this movie, two guys have been watching all eighty-three movies. Two guys have seen a lot of movies. Um, two guys have maybe been through some shit that happened in this movie. We think it's it's three stars. Yep, totally agree. Yeah, <laughs> threes. Uh, <laughs> this is gonna go down in the in the what, classics. Uh, what I mean, how do you want to end this podcast? Oh, fuck, box office. You want to do it or you want yeah. me to do it? You do it. All right. Number one for the week 
of October or the weekend of October 21st, 1983 is a film we have done in this podcast. It's a big hit. Uh, it's the obvious answer. All the right moves. No, and you glitched again. All the right moves. <laughs> and that's a no again. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Um, uh, I'll say never say never again. That's correct. I like how you said I'll say I'll say never. never yeah. Say never. <laughs> Wait, <how> I... <laughs> um, well, this movie is in its third week of release because we didn't do a pod last week. If you're wondering how the week skipped. There was just nothing out. I'll tell you when we get down to the bottom of this chart, but the, the only other movie in two weeks of release at this point, meaning opened last week when we decided not to do this, is uh, at number... I saw it somewhere. Shit, it's way down there then. Um, here it is. Number 19, a movie called Possession, which I actually can kind of picture the video box to. But in its second week of release, it made twenty seven thousand nineteen hundred dollars. Twenty seven thousand. Wow. Well, it might have been a small release thing, but but my bigger point was there is no other movie on this list up until that movie that came out last week, the, the week we prior pod, week, right? Which, which is why we didn't do the pod. Exactly. Right. Number two is a new film this week. I'm going to say all I the right. Tell... Oh. <laughs> nope. So, Go ahead. Oh, okay. Yeah, fine. I, I already know what you're going to say. But let me let me tell you this. Here's what uh, the director of this film, blank director, criticized this film's theatrical distribution and stated that it could have been number one at the box office had its distribution been better. Now, bringing us back to the chart we were talking about where – the Sean Connery return as Never Say Never Again was indeed the number one film. Now, this director of this movie that's number two claims that uh, they thought it could have been number one with better distribution. I say to you, Peter, do you think the Dead Zone could have dethroned a Sean Connery James Bond film that was number one or not? No, no, I'm going to say here no. Is, here is what I would say. I would have agreed with you when I read this earlier. Mm-hmm. Now that I'm looking at this box office, I will tell you that. Fuck! Did I just tell you the title of the movie? God damn it! It's uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right. It's all right. Okay. Now I'll tell you this: Never Say Never Again made six million dollars this weekend. This movie that the director thought could be number one if it had better distribution made four point five five six, so a little over four. And a half. Now, that is a discrepancy of, as we know by math, that we learned in school, in Shorewood, together, (laughs) $1.5 million. So, do you think that had it had maybe a little better thing, it might have been like, yeah, in third, keep in mind, James Bond, third week. Right. What are you, are you peeing? What's going on? No. No. What do you hear? I hear running, like, dribbling. Hope it's not on my end. Like like something running down a drain. Were you dumping something down a drain? No. I'm like, Shit. what the? F- I don't know. I I don't know, man. All I'm saying is, I hope you survive. If I see like a thing come behind you and we turn into one of those horror movies where it's like somebody's talking and then sees his buddy on the screen glitching, freezing up, and next thing you know, like, yeah, right. 
his head that being the end of me yeah yeah (laughs) well given all your cinematic uh forays so far in your life that would be an appropriate way for you to to go out true that or some kind of like terminal illness with your kids yeah oh man we gotta do terms of endearment pretty soon we we are gonna be yeah so yeah the, the director of this mystery movie at number two argues that with better distribution he could uh, have topped James Bond in week three, made an extra 1.5 mil. What do you think? Well, in terms of time of year, too, I mean, I could I could see that being. Wait, do I? Are you asking what what do I think of his opinion, or what do I? What movie do I think it is? <laughs> <laughs> well, let's get the easy one out of the way first. What movie do you think this is? Uh, I think it's Dead Zone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, how the worm has turned, Peter. Um, you guessed you guessed uh, all the right moves twice before that, so you're still at only at like uh, 33%. <laughs> okay. Um, see, more math. We learned that in the streets of Shoreway. Yeah. Uh, okay, so, but uh, now back to the, the broader, more, uh, you know, what's the word? Uh, uh, philosophical question. Is... Uh, this movie making another $1.5 million if it had better distribution, as Cronenberg uh, claims. And toppling Never Say Never Again in week three. Now, here's the only argument against it. I don't know what he means by distribution, but they are only off by 300 screens. Uh, Never Say Never Again has 1,552. Yeah, that's not that big of a difference. Maybe back in 83 it was, man. Maybe like 1,552 is like all the screens. Right. I think Cronenberg might have been a little full of himself to assume that he could have pounced on a Bond movie. I don't know. I, in week three? That's in week three. Hey, yeah, you're right. You're right. I don't know. Yeah, week two, maybe. <laughs> Show you right. <laughs> I mean, week two, you know, I don't expect him to think he could get above it. I'm saying week three, maybe he could get. Yeah, he could maybe. Yeah. Oh, you might in Dead Zone's week two? You think it might go up? I don't know. We should look at that sometime. Um, okay, your number two film is uh, the uh, I almost said the title. It's it's got, I mean, we did it on the Wait. pod. There's lots of people in it. Um, found it mildly obnoxious, but mostly we agreed it was a seminal um, work. <laughs> and when I say we all, it means there were three of us talking about it. I don't fucking understand. that like, being the big chill. Them. All right, there we yeah, go. Good job, Peter. <laughs> Back in it. <laughs> fourth week of release uh $3,194 I'll tell you this it's only down 3% so that's how this movie when we were like oh it only opened to like I don't know whatever it was like 6 million bucks or something we are like how did that fucking get to 58 or whatever it did right. this is how low percentage drops alright number 4 is a new movie this week uh, which I I mean, it's such a generic title. I might have heard of it, but it, I, I don't know what it is off just by hearing this. And it bests some major shit, and I have never even heard of this movie. Movies that I have heard. Oh. Movies we're podcasting about tonight. It's it's above that. Wow. Um... And I don't know what it is. I'm going to look it up real All quick, right. but I don't know. If you can give me so a star. I, I can... Yeah, I guess. We'll see. Uh, well, it, it's not the right stuff because you would have you said you hadn't heard of the movie. I would have thought that would have opened bigger. 
Yep, you would think. Let me just try to find what this is. It's so obscure that it's... Well, it's such a generic title. I'm just kind of getting the phone book here. All right, I got it. Um, oh, yeah. I mean, this this... I have no memory or anything of this movie, but now I can see why it maybe made money. Um, so... See, I just don't know if you know this. You might. I'll, the director is Roger Spottiswood, a, a journeyman who has given us did, such classics as I, I think. Uh, he did some uh, Bond movies, didn't he? Yep. And then also, don't forget the one with uh, Stallone. Stop, or my mom will shoot. <laughs> How could I forget? Uh, he still also never did seen that. Kill, which is a great, great. Oh movie. yeah, um, yeah. Oh, Stop or Marvel Shoot sucks, but it, oh, yeah, okay. that's a movie I also only saw one time in theaters, and so that was 92, so I was, yep. what did we determine, 13? Yeah. Yeah. And even like I was like, of oh, 92. Man, this is, like, come on, <laughs> Sly. Like, by this point, I was already super into, like, Tango and Cash and Cobra and shit, and uh, I liked Oscar, um, so I was I was kind of hyped for it. I, I still, to this day, remember the bad reviews, like, just being like, that's my earliest memory of, like just a movie getting shredded and me kind of being aware, you know, like, cause a lot of times when you're a kid, you see a movie and you're like, Oh, I grew up thinking that movie was fine. And then you realize like everybody hated it, but that's like after the fact, I, I, th- that's the first time where it's stuck in my head that every critic was like, just so down on this movie. And it's a massive flop and a horrible decision for still like, right. That's that movie is the, and, and they were mostly right. I mean, I still wanted to see it. I was like, it's a comedy with Stallone. I'm 14. Yeah. I'm going to see this. <laughs> and uh, I, I really didn't think it was very good, even at that age. I mean, I remember trying to laugh at stuff or stuff I wanted to think was funny, but and, and just the whole general, like, well, whatever. We'll, we'll save this for the stop or my Bob will shoot episode, I guess. But anyway, <laughs> this movie, <laughs> this movie features uh, Nick Nolte, Gene Hackman, Joanna Cassidy, Ed wow. Harris, Richard Mazur, Mazur. Yeah, Damn, there's a lot of people in this. Yeah. Uh, no, never. Like... No idea. The film is called Under Fire. Three U.S. journalists get too close to one another in their work in 1979 Nicaragua. Uh, and it's Roger Spottiswood. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Probably saw the box. Yeah, what I think is just weird is like we were saying, man, that's another good example of how people just would like go to fucking movies. Like this movie is the number three movie. It beat out uh or number four, sorry. It beat out some well, I can't tell you what I'll tell you what's coming up pretty soon. So uh anyway, that movie made one point eight. Okay, so it's not exactly blowing up the world at one point eight, but um it's only at eight hundred and sixteen theaters, which is a lot less than the other ones we were talking about. So but whatever. But all right, number uh, five is a movie that just won't go away. Um, I like it well enough, but it's overrated. Um, I think uh, we all need to check our, our nostalgia on this one. because Mr. Mom. That is the correct answer, sir. And that's number the correct six. synopsis, too, by the way. Oh, thanks, buddy. I You're welcome. You, I love you, too. <laughs> <laughs> number six. <laughs> number six is a film we've done on this podcast well this explains why it wasn't higher uh it only opened on 442 theaters <laughs> you want to take a guess uh only four did it on the podcast new film. oh i'm gonna say all the right moves 
you are correct. Uh, week one of release brings in 1.6 and uh, 442 theaters. So that's why it didn't top under fire. Under fire did 1.8, but it had, uh, you know, double the theaters. So that stuff matters, man. Platform it does. releases. Number eight is another movie kind of hanging around. It stars somebody we've been talking about in this whole, uh, I don't know, I all of a sudden turned into like a, hey, get him in the car, Johnny. Bye. But, um, yeah, but see? It, <laughs> it, uh, it stars somebody we've been talking about in this whole business of uh, people being in the same movies on the charts at the same time. Oh. Uh, brainstorm. Good guess, but that ain't the one we're talking about right now, homie. Some bitch. This one's been out for 12 weeks. Oh. Uh, risky business? Correct. All right. Number eight, bringing in 1.3. It's been out 12 weeks. Uh, yeah, only This is weird, seven. though. I feel like the movies we did must have been like a limited release or something. Like, yeah. I would have thought both these movies would be top 10 opening weekend. Uh, oh, we're talking well, about Zone and. All the right moves. Yeah, all the right moves Correct. is a limited release. 442 screen. Right. I thought you meant like just all like the general all when we do these box office things. And you're like, this is fucking weird that risky business is was I don't yeah. know. Yeah. That was pretty high up. All right. Number number uh seven is new this week as well. Um another platform release. This one will go on to be I don't know, I mean, it definitely is a hit money wise, but I don't know if it's like legendary for that as much as uh its awards it shares a word with the previous film in the title um, <laughs> um we were gonna do it for the podcast but we didn't oh all the Wait, uh the, up, the right stuff the right Wait, stuff hold on did we did we already talk about risky business because that's actually number eight number seven is the right stuff number seven's ahead of risky business mm. okay all right so then that. what's all right. So, so now, so now yeah, we're on that. number nine, a film that also features a actor in a film that is also in theaters now. Brainstorm. Yes. Way to hold on to that one in your head. I don't. Uh, number Thanks, ten <laughs> is the um, uh, film we talked about last time, romantic comedy, which you're like, what the fuck could that possibly be? I already forgot, but it it was just a cheesy thing about that um star wars is number 11 500 000 this weekend 22 weeks in release 241 million um probably tapped out till the re-release number 12 is the best movie of the year so far death stalker uh this film's been out for eight weeks it is up to 5.1 brought in another half mil this weekend it's ahead of vacation rumblefish which man that's its third week uh so far it's up to only seven hundred and twelve thousand oh, dollars. It made it made four hundred and seventy-eight of that this week, and the reason being, it jumped uh, two hundred seventeen percent, and I assume that accounts for theater count. Okay, I'm thinking it's like rolling probably out theaters. That's what's yeah. Yep. Revenge of the Ninja is number fifteen. Following Rumblefish, that movie is up to ten point three at this point. Followed by Easy Money. Uh, other things we've done in this podcast include number 18, War Games. We didn't do Eddie and the Cruisers. That's at number 20. That movie is in its fifth week of release. Not doing so hot. Um, Valley Girl, 25. Wow, I thought that thing was going to be done. I think last God. time I was like, how is yeah. it still going on? That um, feels like a long-ass time ago we did that one. 
made 102,000. It's plus 1% from the previous week. <laughs> and uh, it's at 16.797. Uh, Turkey Shoot, a film that I was like, what the fuck is that recently for something? <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's in its eighth week of release at 1.2 million. We talked about uh, Possession. That's way down at 30. What, what the fuck is going on? Oh, yeah. Did I say Possession was at number 18 or something? That's actually War Games. I think something's really screwing me off with this. Anyway, so the only film to open in the from the the only film that opened the previous week that's even on this chart is number thirty one, Possession. Wow! I said eighteen a minute ago. It's not even that. It's thirty one. Huh. Made three hundred twelve thousand dollars. I don't know what the hell I was looking at before, but it happens. To blood dry. Uh, number thirty three is the Smurfs and the Magic Flute. It's down forty eight percent week three. <laughs> Got 163 grand in the bank. <laughs> Back when people just go to movies, just to go to movies, man. Yeah. All right, Peter. Uh, why don't you tell these fine, loving people what we're gonna do next week? Holy fuck, is it 10:30 already? God. It is 10:30. And listen, listeners, listen, listeners. Next week we, did we are two going to be hour and a half uh, segments tonight. Crazy. Yeah. How much <laughs> content? Yeah, how much time do you actually think was spent on Dead Zone content in this back half? I'm going to say seven to ten minutes. <laughs> <laughs> well, we were like... a lot of stuff, too. So what if you take yeah. that out? <laughs> True. Uh, we, I think we hit all the points of it, though. Um, yeah. <clears throat> listen, people, fine listeners <laughs> of the Big Four O. next week we will be bringing you a bonus episode due to 1983's oh, yeah. weak-ass <laughs> Christmas <laughs> November slash whatever season. Uh, we will be fall, fall. I think is what you're looking for. And, yeah, that's uh, I don't uh, that works a lot better. December. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I I write copy for a major ad magazine when when I'm not doing this. <laughs> exactly. The fall brought us not much, so we figured during the baseball season, that is the baseball postseason going on right now, and the World Series coming up. We'll be bringing you a bonus episode where we cover the uh, 1989 film <laughs> Major League with Tom Berenger, Charlie David Sheen. Yeah. yeah, directed by one David S. Ward, filmed here in our beautiful city of Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Should we do some part. like remote shit where we go out to like County Stadium? And we should. We could do it from. We could do it in the parking lot. Oh man, if we. If we had the gumption, we could do a tailgate in the parking lot and do the podcast. Yeah, it's too cold. Maybe maybe yes. back twenty years ago. Right. Now exactly. I've had to just do this. <laughs> right. We could be in we can be in our warmth. I hear you. Yeah. So yeah, join us. Summer, we could do it for like well, I could say we do it for opening day, except that sucks too. That's usually cold and rainy and shitty. And uh we don't we don't really have anything that just like starts in July where we can do a movie that Right. Allows us to tailgate at the stadium. Well, 1984 Maybe if Eddie and the Cruiser is ever going, (laughs) we can tailgate outside their their venue, which I'm guessing Uh, is going to be like a bar in South Milwaukee or something. But it's it's fine. (laughs) Whatever. Whatever we can do to to pimp this podcast. Speaking of that, see, like that segue too. I liked it it tonight. Yeah. What do we we need to do, Ron? You got to rate. Mm-hmm. You got to like, yep. and most importantly, you got to subscribe. Think of rate kind of like first base that that Peter got to, yep. and then think of like wait 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 what did I say rate? Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah rate is first. Eh, I don't know. What, what do you think gets more? I suppose if you rate it higher, you get higher. So, okay. Yeah. yeah like it. That's first base. Second base. Mm. Just, you know, starting to feel on, on it a little bit. That's where you're mm. going to want to hit your, your uh, ratings. Yep. Uh, Five stars. Third base. You want to subscribe, you know? You Absolutely. Wanna, you want, it's we- like your only fans. That's, you know, <laughs> and then, and this is, you know, the stage Peter got to now, now when you get to, to fourth base or, or when you steal home, mm-hmm. um, you don't, you don't blow it at, at a phenomenon screenings. <laughs> what you do there is you sign up for the Patreon or something. I don't know. We don't have one, but you, like if somebody could start one. That'd be great. Yeah. Listen, also, eventually if anybody we wants to lay one. music over these episodes, I, I just personally yeah. don't want to do it. <laughs> I mostly don't want to do it because it's a, like a hard thing to like figure out what you want to use. Um, it's not an editing issue, but it's just God, like you know it. It's just, yeah, you know I know, <laughs> I do. Well, and then and then I, I realize it'll like gussy up and professional up the podcast a little bit and whatever if you've got that. But like some of that shit just so so artificial and dumb anyway. And like, right, know, is it necessary? <laughs> it's not even necessary. These guys just are wasting time on a on a fruitless and an obvious target. Now you will pay the price. <laughs> what was that for? <laughs> Oh, a futile and obvious target. Now you'll pay the price. Die Hard 2, right? That's where yep. uh, Sadler's talking to Willis on the phone. Yep. <laughs> yep. The itinerary. I got to get to it and set it up. <laughs> they use the artillery on us. Yeah. Uh, that's a different movie, man. Come on. Wait, is that Die Hard 1? It's time oh, to go. Fuck. Yeah, it's Die Hard 1. <laughs> All right. <laughs> on that note. <laughs> that, is the, that is the Hey Colonel Blow Me scene, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're a bit out of your league on Nightline. Hey, Colonel, blow me! <laughs> this drug money is Esperanza paying you to turn traitor. <laughs> Sadler's awesome in that. God and, damn uh, we it. were just watching a Tales from the Crypt episode. The first uh, one, the first one ever, is William Sadler. Really? This guy who goes to the chair. It's kind of like a shocker scenario. Yeah. Oh Crazy. wow! And awesome. Yep. What are they? Are they on uh, HBO? They're on my DVD shelf, bitch. Oh, shit. Tell it. I don't give a fuck about. Exactly. You got hard copies, boy. Yeah. Said there's a guy who has a podcast that needs to, you know, be out over streaming. So I'll just shut the fuck up. (laughs) All right, Peter. uh, It's been fun as usual. I don't know where we went wrong. I'm guessing it's during that break after. um, Yeah. uh, That's where I went wrong. Drugs and alcohol for both of us. It was a uh, classic. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, name drops of teachers, classmates, yeah. people that you're trying to like. I didn't scenarios that never even happened because you don't know how to phrase things properly. <laughs> That's fine. It's See, true. <laughs> See where this episode takes us. Yeah. <laughs> it should be, be fun. Absolutely. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening, Peter. Uh, have a good night, and uh, you as well, you know, man. Don't do drugs. Don't, don't do, do drugs. Dr- don't be like us. <laughs>